Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. It's no good. It, it, you, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm bad. really surprised that of all the people on that boat, nobody came forward. Bet it's they, a bit I ridiculous. I bet they honestly don't know they hit him. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, dude, that's if, if, you're, if you're that far away from your boat. We couldn't even keep a bachelor party a secret. Much less running somebody <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. But also, that's what I'm saying also, too. It's like you got to know the whole story, too, because if if he was that far away from his boat, I'm looking at all the stuff. It's like he's an experienced diver. Yeah. We should go we in. Have no business being... 200 plus feet away from your boat, especially if there's other people in the water. With right you. here it says, when scalloping or participating in any kind of snorkeling in open water, divers should stay within 300 foot of a properly displayed diver's flag. So you get 100 yards? Maybe that makes sense. 100 yards of the Maybe boat. Maybe that's yeah. what I was thinking. But regardless, they said that he was outside of that range, which that's a, that is a long way. Well, yeah. So, he is also <laughs> offering a 20... Uh, Wettermore is said he is personally funding a $25,000 reward for information leading to the conviction of the person. So, I mean, I'd say we start up a investigative team. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's if, if the guy. What, what's your buddy's name to, with the Sea Fox? <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> Sorry, Jasper. <laughs> Jasper Parker. <laughs> Need his address? No. <laughs> yeah. You need to take a look at that fella. No. 25 Gs? Different. They had a, a dark colored motor. His motor's white. Trust me, I already asked. <laughs> $25,000 reward. That eliminates dad, too. Mm-hmm. We got that white motor. They're not running the Suzuki's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, so he's probably running a Merc. So no. Well, the other thing they said is they didn't know whether it was a not, uh, was it, what's the other one that looks like a Sea Fox? But it's like it's a, a, you said Sea Hunt, but. No, it's like a, it's like a lesser brand. It's like, like a Nautic Star or something, but it's a similar looking boat mm. with a dark motor. But they couldn't say whether it was a Sea Fox or a Sea Hunt or a. They were all in the water. Like oh, he had man. One, guy, one guy on the boat, so it's like... That could have been running anything. White boat with T-tops. Yeah. yeah. Dark motor. Dark motor. Are you talking gray? Or Fat white black? guy driving look, it. Look, like, look, a couple of rednecks in the boat. One of them was wearing a visor, and the other was had a ball cap on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that's what makes... That's the only thing that makes me worry, too, is like, at that point, if you do make a mistake like that, and the guy's been out drinking all day, he's like... 
I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? There's no way, especially 25 G's on the table. Either all those guys are multimillionaires. There's just no way that stays quiet. Those guys don't. If the 25 G's gets enough publicity, I mean, you think about how long it took us to find out that there was 25 grand up for. Yeah, but I think people that do that and they're they're checking, they're looking like, oh, am I in trouble? Oh yeah, true. I'm gonna pretend like it never happened and not look at my. uh, No way. The guilty conscience. And if they catch those guys, you're going to see they probably they're going to go back and grab their computers and see they were looking at it every day. Right. That's my thoughts. I don't know. But I, dude, I, I, I enjoyed scalping when I was younger. I don't know that I would enjoy it near as much now. And some of the places we went, it wasn't. It seemed like to me when when I was you know 18, 19 years old, it wasn't nearly as crowded as it is now. No. Uh, I think probably because more people now own boats than used to, and it's just become so. And even then, it was busy <clears throat> during like the start of scallop season. But you could go out there and really not see many other boats out of Homosassa. But now, holy cow, you got to reserve a, a condo if you want to stay over there a year in advance. Yeah, literally. Don't care during scallop season. I, I'd turn scalloping into a contact sport if we had to. I love it. Really? Oh, man. I love the whole thing. I love the fact that you're cruising out there. It's usually pretty shallow water stuff. It's like a giant Easter egg hunt. I'm particularly good at it. Like, I fill up a bag fast, right? I mean, I get in there. I'm not just sitting there picking them. If, even if the water's murky, I, I'm in there running my hands through stuff and mm. finding urchins, chucking urchins, the occasional crab. Man, I'm banging out big scallops. I love it. And then afterwards... You go find some cool water, some shade, or if that's not available, you just go find a nice place to sit there. You and your homies crack a couple of beers and start chucking those things. I mean, and when we go, it's Shot back. limits for everybody. I don't even do that, man. I'm fast. No, I do it by the hands. Just pop that thing with a knife, rip out the, you, you got to know where to make the pinch. Just Everything comes oh, back yeah, out. It's been a long time One since shuck. I've done it. But. Yeah. I mean, man, half the time when I, if we go catch a couple of gallons, I got a half pint of scallops of scallop sushi in me by the time we get back to yeah. the dock. I eat more raw ones than I eat. Problem is, and then my, ceviche. my problem with scalloping season now is that we have proof right here in front of us that scalloping season has now become a contact sport. And it's not contact between people. Well, you got 9,000. Yeah. You got nine bajillion new people scalloping now because everybody bought a boat because, you know, buying a boat is cool now uh, since COVID. It's always been cool. He's, I don't hey, think he's it's just, changed. He's and just, you have he's s- just mad because his boat has no motor. You're that's right. his own fault. But yeah. go ahead. But that's <laughs> even then. I haven't been scalloping when I had a motor on my boat. I didn't I'm scallop just, I'm just messing with you. Hey, come on up to Cape San Blas. That's about August, the only place I'll still go because I will be out there smashing them. So I and when I'm done with my scallops, once I got that limit, I'll be running up and grabbing pen shells, and then looking for whelks and conks. Mm, ceviche, man. I'm telling you, back in the day, I just get afraid. To go to uh, Keaton Beach. Get up on that microphone. We used to go to Keaton Beach as a kid. Like the first probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years I went. So from four to 16, we were in Keaton Beach. And literally that, I looked forward to it every summer. Yeah. That was like my thing. I loved it. And then as I got older, it's like, I still go, I, this year will probably be the first year and I don't know how long since I've been. I won't go this year. I just, I'm just too busy, but, um, like quit your job when you go, <laughs> when you go as like, when you're older, it, it's almost like 
for a redneck, it's like Disney World. Like you go to Disney as a kid, and you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. you start doing it as an adult, and you're like, this is a chore. How this much for a bottle horrible. of water? Like I could just sit it. I, I mean, it, it's the experience. Obviously, is why you're yeah. doing it. It's not for the scallops because you can buy scallops way cheaper than it costs to do on the trip. Blasphemy. But I have fun doing it. It's just not something that I'm like. Honestly, I'd rather do deer season prep right this time of year. Go try to shoot some pigs or something. It's almost too stinking hot for that. Deer season, good. Yeah, but you got to get it done. Oh, I know. I know. It's got to be done. You know, but you've yet to go. I can't even get the words out. You guys aren't doing it right. It's not just about the scallops. It's everything. I mean, so when I was up there learning about pen shells, I called up FWC. I found out that, you know how many gallons of pen shells you could take? I don't, I don't even know what, what pin shells are. Shell yeah. I'll come back to that. But let's just say it's 50 gallons. 50 gallons of pen shells. So pen shells, a lot of people call them razor clams. They're not. They're the, they're, if, you, if you're swimming along the bottom and you see the, this looks like a giant clam facing straight up, up right? And, and you only see like an inch of it. Yeah, you only see the top, like an inch of it sticking out of the mud. And you dig in there, and it's almost like they got a root. They're a little tough to get out, and they're big. But inside there is a scallop. The muscle in there is just like a scallop, but it's about the size of a golf ball. <laughs> they're absolutely Dang. wonderful. Well, do you do you got like the you got some numbers for pen shells? We'll go hit them up. They move. They they. <laughs> oddly like enough, scallops. they seem to they seem to no. They don't move around. You think they're rooted in there, but you'll go back to a place. And you'll find a whole bunch of broken pen shells. So maybe other people are harvesting them too. In fact, I'm on this podcast. And there's probably going to be hundreds more at the, at the rate I'm going, but they're absolutely fantastic. And then uh, horse conks or whelks. And a lot of times you, you can get lightning whelks. Man, I'm giving away all my secrets. It's funny because you go people, up into think a conk, bay. people think conk and they're like, oh, you can't, you can't harvest that. That's can't harvest queen conk. Queens. Queen yeah, conk. Queen, queen conk. If yeah. it's all pretty and stuff, you can't take it. If it's if it's ugly as hell and still has that pretty little pink looking thing in the center, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. delicious. I, li- I limit myself though because I do think that horse conks are still relatively rare. For me, I'm looking for one horse conk, and I'm when I look, for, when I, I don't take little ones. You can find them, but they're like six inches. Yeah, no. I'm looking for that thing that looks like a rugby football. Yeah. I and mean, they're out there, and no. it's not. It's also not Bahamas. You guys watching no. Jordan try to struggle trying to figure. I don't out how know how to spell conk. C O N C. I don't know, but I'm really scared to see Jordan's Google searches. <laughs> I know that, but it's you, my computer. Oh, okay. Then we're probably yeah. in the clear. You go find warm, shallow water, and way up, way up in, like not out in the scallop grass or anything like that. Almost any estuary, you'll find lightning whelks, and lightning whelks, they'll be eight to ten inches long. Same kind of thing. You, but they're smaller than the horse conks. Really? There's not quite as much meat in them. Same thing. You you drill right in, <laughs> suck that thing out, tear the foot off, and you get this nice, wonderful white chunk of meat. Yeah, see, I would have just mallet. considered a lightning weld a conk. I didn't realize that Dude, was. Dude, I I've I've picked up so many of those that are empty. It's That's ridiculous. Food. Yeah, and then you, you know the difference. The you know the difference. Huh? I'm sure the fish eat them too, right? I don't know. Because uh, I've, I've maybe raised so many empty ones. So you know what the difference between a whelk and a conch is? One smaller than the other? No, nah, man. Conchs are herbivores. Whelks are like the death star of the ocean bottom. They just eat everything. They do. Man, they, when you watch them, like in slow motion, you pull up a video of them, like a, a whelk will pull up like on a smaller snail, and it just 
and it happens real slow, but in time-lapse photography, it just envelops this thing, forces its way into the smaller snail and just slowly I got to watch more National Geographic. <laughs> telling man, that's why scalloping's exciting for me. And then a lot of times, depending on where we are, if there's not a lot of people around, I'll get up into some areas that I know where, that you got to go through the heart of darkness to get there. You, you got to tow your boat in and get through some really muddy areas. But I'll carry a spear gun. And when you're kind of laying out there just being quiet, all of a sudden you look around and you are just surrounded by big mullet. Oh, yeah, there's some giant ones out there. Punch out a couple of mullets. There's nothing better than coming back. And maybe you end up finding a decent-sized spider crab with a couple of whelks, whole bag of scallops. You know, you've lanced yourself a couple of mullets. Dude, there's nothing more North Florida redneck. I was about to say, Pull that off the is side the of the road, pop a cow, surf and turf. Thing I have ever oh, heard. and then we're after that, then you got to go over to the bayou and you got a crab. Oh, blue crabs! We hey. we almost always drop some traps when we get there. Oh man! Chicken I'll say the thing is, then it, where where Jim goes and does all this, you can go what ten minutes away and then go pull all your limb lines and get uh-huh. you some catfish. Yeah, and then another place, redfish, trout, big reds. It's right a good off the fishery. Beach. It's a good fishery as well. Yeah. yeah, me and Jim set a bunch of limb lines last time I was there with Jim. Yeah, we got a couple small catfish, but they ain't good. Yeah, it wasn't a great haul. That's it's patchy. You know, sometimes you end up. We end up hauling some huge ones out, or maybe we'll end up snaring a uh, a gar. But scallop season for me is, and then at night, admittedly, we're driving around with our equipment even or a scallops. shotgun. And if there's a pig, if there's a pig on the side of the road, hey, might surf and turf. I Nuisance. tried, to, I tried to shank one with a spear gun once. <laughs> Holy shit! It didn't, <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> Imagine trying to reel a pig in. Like handlining a pig. Hey, on on that note, have you guys ever seen the the omnivore family guy? Whatever whatever his name is. Homestead, the omnivore homestead. Dude shoots those pigs with a piece of rope tied to his arrow, and it'll get a pass through. String tracker. And it will literally follow the pig. He shot him with. And he's just all yeah. traditional hunting. He does no. He's like, been on no the podcast. When did he get him back on? He's been on the podcast for. Yeah, our first season. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Mark. I didn't listen to those. That's way back, way back. It, it is way back, way back. But that's crazy. Yeah, that dude's. I, I watch all his videos. He's and his sick. wife's his wife's also a cold blooded killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. rabbit murderer. Yeah, she just shanks everything. She don't care. Uh, but uh, no, that that you didn't realize the string tracker was a thing like back well, in I'm the day. Sure, but for me, I've never seen it until he did it. You gonna start doing it? <laughs> no. You I know, I can't shoot. So I can't here's get another thing in my pocket. Here's another thing for you uh, that you probably don't know, but, but before the uh, before trail cameras were a thing, they used to have oh, <clears> tripwire things that had with timer a timer on it. On it. Not yeah. a timer, but like a clock. And you would, when the deer walked through or something walked through and tripped it, it would stop the clock wherever what time that passed through there. That's pretty gnarly. So then you got to guess. It's like four o'clock. You're like, oh yeah, but you, what you don't know is it's four a.m. and it was a raccoon. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> on, on this note, we're talking about like some vintage stuff here. My dad just dr- pulled out a retro bow of his from like I don't know, late eighties. Yeah. Fully set up. It's like mint, and he's pins made out of brass. Gonna, oh yeah, uh, aluminum Easton arrows, like hardcore, like the the release. It's like a a regular release end 
mm-hmm. but it's a thing you hold with your hands. Like oh, my with, dad still shoots one of those. Oh, so Scott, you, Scott so still you makes pull them. it, and it, it's just like it's actually all the weight is in your hand. Like if you let go, your bow is gonna. It'll just. It's, you ever shot it? You shot no, that release? I, it's I actually haven't. pretty comfortable. I like it. Yeah. I, my dad has one; he still shoots, and Scott still makes those releases. And it's actually a, a really, almost really comfortable way to draw because you think, you know, like you're holding something in your hand, just as you would curl your hand on a wrist strap release. You're doing yeah. the same thing. The new release you got is. Oh yeah, it's it's a finger release. Yeah, it's a handheld. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I shoot. That's a thumb yeah. release. Yeah. yeah, but that he we're gonna shoot a deer with that this year on the YouTube channel for sure. Hell yeah, it's gonna be pretty dope. You know what you're you gonna get, get? You know they used to make. shoot the old muzzies like tradi- like traditional muzzies that are still in the box they made uh broadheads that used to spin i'm sure they're a wicked loud the broadhead the itself would yes. spin what? yes who is scott that you speak of Technology. scott scott releases scott archery oh, scott oh, archery oh, i thought you were naming like somebody's name oh <laughs> scotty that lived oh. down the street yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> my god who do you know that i don't know <laughs> no the worst release i ever bought for a bow i bought at a, a hunting expo in nashville and the dude was making them uh out of paracord and it had like the paracord brace strap the wrist strap I was like that looks cool heck no uncomfortable yeah you put 75 pounds on that it's, stiff rope heavy. on your wrist dude it hurt yeah yeah i drew it back on one time i drew it back one time and i was like nope not using this <laughs> all right well let's just because cut, if cut you the paracord off one thing i didn't this. notice and didn't think about when i bought that release is all other releases that go on your wrist they come forward in like a v in the palm yeah. of your hand that one didn't do that so it just straight took that stiff paracord and on my it's wrist, literally and, on oh, yeah. your wrist bone. Oh, yeah, yeah no. it, was, it was uncomfortable. But I've, I've always, I've always been really intrigued by like trad hunting and like that. Like the um, my dad to this day, my dad hasn't shot with a peep sight on his bow in my life. I've never seen my dad shoot a bow. With How's a peep. he aim? Anchor point, same exact anchor point every time. My dad's an instinctual shooter with a sixty pound Matthews, and I promise you. You don't you don't want to try it. I promise you. <laughs> I, I've watched him take a, a regular like like no sights. No, it's instinctual. Got, well, he he can shoot he can shoot a trad bow and everything. Like, yeah, like no problem. But even his his regular bow, it's a drawback. Settle, shink. It's not like he's settling and waiting. He doesn't anchor. Well, it's he does anchor because the bow is sixty something pounds, so you have to get to that point for it to get over the back wall. But I've watched him take a bow with no rangefinder, no nothing, walk it out in the yard, stick an arrow in a hay bale, and shoot that arrow in half at thirty yards, like no problem. Just yeah. The only reason you need the people, the peep sights became common is because it allowed your anchor point to move a little bit and still maintain accuracy. Yeah, and then we find even with the peep sight that you still need a solid repeatable anchor point. So in comes the kisser button. Yeah. So, in but my the more opinion, stuff you put on your string, the more it slows your string down, which yeah. in turn, in my opinion, if if you're, so for me, for me now, I'm I'm probably gonna make the jump, probably maybe this year. I don't know. My eyes are really starting to get bad from working on a computer, unfortunately. So, having that peep sight for me gives that blur effect like i have to be like so focused on the target that i don't even see the peep or if i get any piece of the peep in my circle when i'm looking through and i'm at full draw i I, it's like looking at a blur 
I can see the brown and like every, but you can't see like super detailed out because my eyes are getting that bad. Yeah. Then he ends up shooting over deer's backs and shit. Yeah, I did that last year. I'll be honest, I shot right over one's back after I said I wasn't going to kill him. <laughs> so well, then I, I mean, so you then know, I we're like him, you were true to yeah. your word. So then we're, I let him we're go. Like, we're like we're like mid hunting. I'm like, looks like somebody shot over that deer's back. I'm like, yeah, I did. But anyways, I was like, you know what? If he if he ducked the arrow one time and survived. I'll let him go till next year because he's probably a three-year-old deer. He died. Eight point. Yeah, my grandpa fucking smacked him. <laughs> rifle does not shoot Dude, over the back. We walked that deer. I probably hunted and filmed for you what at least six times. I saw him probably eleven times last year. Every time I sat, I saw him. <laughs> and after I shot at him, I genuinely like, you know, you make those like weird, like contracts with yourself. Yeah. You're like you know what, man, I'm not gonna shoot that deer. He 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 ducked it. I'm gonna let him go. I know he's not going to get killed where I'm hunting, so I'll just let him go. I saw him every single hunt after that. Wow. <laughs> Until my grandpa killed him. I don't know, man. As far as your eyes go, as a 52-year-old fella, I would say get used to shooting blurrier and blurrier and blurrier targets. Yeah. Because you got you got to have that sight's got to be laser, right? <laughs> the target just gets know, a little is, fuzzier. I got, I got a. This uh, is gonna sound crazy. I got guys, an eye appointment Saturday. I was gonna so. say you guys do know there's such thing as an optometrist that can help with that. I already, oh, I'm had, going, I already I'm, had LASIK. I'm going on Saturday <laughs> to get contacts probably because my eyes are pretty bad. But speaking of eye surgery and LASIK and contacts, I took Briar scalping one time before he had eye surgery. Waste of time. Oh yeah, it was. I, he found one scallop that I basically like guided his hand all the he way. He probably down thought to he was in the boat still. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you guys, remember when I drove with him when I rode with him? Oh yeah, right after I right surgery. after the surgery, we get there and he's like, "Yeah, I can't." see And it's that only good. in one of his eyes. I'm or like, something. "Hold on, what? Y'all let me ride all Dude, the way over listen, here? Listen, listen, all the way to Georgia. So <laughs> I'm like, I could drive. So anybody listening and anybody in this room knows that like. The sides, if you look at the side of a truck and it says like Silverado or Sierra or whatever, it's probably, you know, like inch and a half, two inch letters. Yeah. And I'm probably standing maybe 15 feet away from a truck with Briar. It was after surgery. It was after, you know, his eyes had healed and stuff. And he's like, dude, my eyes are so good now. I can read that that says Sierra on the side of your truck. And I'm like, yeah, so can everybody you, else at 100 yards. <laughs> you're, you're telling me. Just now? That you couldn't read that from 15 feet away before? You know, <laughs> he's that, like, no. That is such a credit to God. That's oh, a, it is. That guy, because I would go out, we went out bow fishing for Gar. Right, This is before he had his surgery. And he's still hitting him. Right, I mean, he still he was still shooting ducks before that. Well, he's where he wore glasses. Uh, yeah, so but he, yeah, he's, yeah, but how Look often did he not wear glass. glasses? But N- never. I saw him not wear glasses all the time. No, no not if know. he was trying it, to do it's something like where one he of those needed to see. That, well, it's always um, there was there was a baseball player like way back when he was playing. I say way back when, not that long ago, but he was playing right, and he was he got to the to major leagues and like started to really struggle really really struggle and they were like this kid was like raking in high school like he was one of the best prospects blah 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 they went in and got him tested his eyes and the dude was seeing like horrific like his vision was horrible they got him in there 2020 dude's hitting like 360 like 40 (laughs) bombs so that's you think about it it's like some people don't even realize that they can't see that good yeah because they're just used to it some some people it's like super young i mean you see kids all the time have glasses 
You know, so like maybe they just never really realized that 2020 is that great. Well, before we get any further, uh, reviews. Do we have any new reviews this week? Oh, dude, you know what? I haven't even looked. Let's uh, dive into something else real quick while I... So it's a good time for a beer. Yeah, yeah, go grab okay. a beer. Awesome. The podcast this week was the first time that we've had... Uh, right. Well, we got to keep asking every week. Yep. So, and I'm still gonna have to find every week where how to find our reviews. Go to our podcast. Same way you write it. You go to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and you scroll down, 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 down. Then you'll see the review section. Nope. John H is still the last guy. And April you can 27th. click on write a review. Yep. <laughs> and then you write a review. Then we'll read it on the air when it comes in. John H was our last one to read one. So again, let's. Uh, here I am already getting on the hunter to get closer to the microphone. I'm, I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. I got you, John. Yeah. No, it wasn't John. <laughs> oh, it wasn't it was, John. Uh, so that was a. Uh, oh, I clicked right review. Hold on. See, I'm going to have to figure out how to do Oh, here we go. But we got that, the guy oh, that. Right here. It was. Uh... Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamis.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N v h a m m e s dot com offices florida and south carolina cr and the crandall mike or whatever yeah he was the one complaining about c randall mike uh he said you know Sometimes you can't hear some of the guests or some of the people on the podcast very yeah. well because they don't get close enough to the mic, Hunter. Stick, stick with us. Yeah, stick with I, us, I Mike. We're getting there. See, there you are. Doing it again. It's been a while since I was on. <laughs> write us a review, a review, though. Come on, everybody. I'm Leave us one. one tonight. Y'all are not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we I got did the, get we one. We got the coldest I, beer so, in town. So listen, I, I got a Facebook uh, friend request today from some dude in China. That makes broadheads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I accepted it and I just got a Facebook uh, officially message hacked. from him. 
Oh, yeah, actually, messaged you on Facebook. No, I'm, yeah. I've got him. I've got him a friend too. As long as you don't ask in his your archery cash group, app, but yeah. he makes some pretty cool he stuff. He just said, "Hello, Jordan. How are you doing?" It's Bruce here from uh, or Orani Archery Products. We produce carbon arrows, inserts, uh, outserts, field points, and other archery components. Sent me a bunch of pictures. He's got some neat stuff. I, I've, That's I've pretty cool. Been a friend. He's got an uh, archery group on Facebook too. I've, that I got invited to and I joined it. Yes, yeah. pretty neat stuff. Um, but anyway, so we no reviews, and then well, let me introduce everybody because I tend to forget to do that sometimes too. I'm your host, Will. I got Jordan here with me tonight. I'm here. Let's get it. We got Jim. Yes, sir. We got Hunter. What it is? The Florida Boy Outfitters. I'm here. I'm here. Who's evidently now guiding hog hunts? Yeah, if y'all want to shoot some pigs, hit me up. You, you podcast got... over. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a drive. Yeah, no, it's <clears> yeah, it's it's up in uh. Uh, South Central Georgia. Well, hell, if we'd have known that, we could have done that for for Briar's bachelor party. Yeah, hundred percent. We could have done yeah. that. That's what I did for my bachelor party. It's changing. Went it home with no. like eleven or twelve hogs too. So. Oh my god! No, yeah, that. But that speaking was, of the bachelor party, that was a good time. I didn't no. sleep for a whole like seventy-two hours. You know over. that that's what the hunting camp is when we go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go in November and I, I might get on average three night three hours a night, <sighs> just because it's like there was literally two nights where nobody slept at all. Row. There and there was how many of us? Like seven, eight. Yeah, N- not a lick of sleep. No, it's thank good you. for you. No, good it's for not. you. It is. I go to hunting. I go to hunting camp to catch up. <laughs> yeah, but we we you got to think too. We went to hunting camp in like what was it, March or February or January or something? It was after hunt season's over. So like we were literally, y'all want to go shoot some pigs? Yeah, sure. Nobody wanted to go. They just wanted to hang out and. You know, get blasted, which we did. But, uh, dude, that's why I like to, like, my son, sometimes he'll get, you know, we're up there for three days. By day three, three or four days, by day three of getting up early in the morning, and then he goes to bed whenever he wants to go to bed. So 10 o'clock at night. Wake him up 5 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 5 o'clock. He's tired. So he doesn't want to get out of bed. I'm like, man, no problem. I'll let him sleep till 7 o'clock, 7.30. He wakes up, and then he realizes, oh, crap, we got to go to the woods. I've killed more deer with him in the tree stand. Just letting him sleep until then, because he wakes up, he comes and he sits quiet. Yeah. And both times I've done that on that lease we had, I would literally walk to the the ground blind that was 150 yards, 200 yards from camp, sit there, kill deer out of that. That's a that's the Jimmy Rotaria special right there. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, let the kids sleep in. My dad was probably hungover. I was like, you know what? We're both gonna sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> when he wakes up, I'll get up and go hunt. But. No, uh, I, I, I've killed a lot of deer like that, too, walking in at daylight. You know, when, yeah. I mean, you really think about it. It's not that crazy of a thing. You're Especially, like, where I hunt, I hunt a bunch of, like, ag fields and stuff, so, like, cotton. I mean, when the cotton is in, you know, October, late October, it's tall. Yeah. Well, you've been to that lease we used to have up there. Yeah, My yeah. dad sat in that in that ground blind and shot a doe standing at the feeder by camp. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's like 240 that's my, that's yards. A, that's called a coffee deer. Out there drinking your coffee, you're like, well, he was in the, he was in that ground blind watching down the down the power line right oh, there, oh, oh, and oh, looked okay. back to his right at the feeder back at camp, which it was the feeder's sixty yards from the porch. Yeah, and his truck was parked up underneath the underneath the awning there, so he shot between the pump and the power pole at the doe standing underneath the underneath the dang feeder. Just dropped her where she still where she ran off and down towards the bottom, but still. Man, I don't, I don't know if I ever told this story on here. No, I've been on here a handful of times, but we were in Georgia one time, me and my little brother, Cody. I probably had like, I was probably 17, so coming up on 10 years, good Lord. But 
So we're walking in. It was one of those mornings where my dad's like, we're running late. We're running late, you know. Oh, we got to hurry up. And in reality, we all woke up late. It wasn't just, you know, Mm -hmm. me and Cody's fault. But he's all flustered. He's like, I'm just going to drop y'all off right here, and y'all just walk, you know, this field edge all the way to the stand. I said, okay, well, it's like when he drops us off, you can see 100 yards. Like, it's, it's pretty much daylight. You can see. And, uh... I was shooting a, a Browning semi-automatic that held five, and I still shoot that gun. But we were walking in, and Cody's like, Hunter, 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 there's a bunch of pigs in this field. I'm like, ain't no damn pigs, you know. Game on. My little brother. Yeah. <laughs> He'll know nothing. But he's like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of pigs in this field. And I'm like, no, it's probably cows. Because it was still like the, like that hazy, you know, first thing in the morning. Man, I looked out in that field, and there probably had been 40. Anywhere from 250 pounds to 20 pounds, just everywhere. So I shot that gun empty, and there was four laying out there. And I said, well, I guess we're done. You know, I, I shot my gun empty, shot five times, killed four of them. Cody's like, no, your sling. And I have, like, that old uh, green, like, sleeve for my gun that holds all the bullets inside. Yeah. There was nine more. <laughs> we put put five more in it, and I shot two more pigs. We shot six pigs that morning. Oh, they didn't skedaddle huh, after you started oh, whacking so, them? Oh, no. So I shot the ones that were close, and there was, like, another group of them out at, like, 200, and they just stopped. They couldn't, like, I don't know. They ran, like, probably 50, 60 feet and stopped. They couldn't figure out what it was. Because it was, like, pow, 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 pow. They were all in a group. So I shot four of them pretty close to each other. And then I shot two more, and they one ran off and, like, just kept on running. And then the other one I shot, he ran about 50, 60 yards and fell over. So I could see five of them in the field. And instead of just being like, all right, we're done, well, my dad had dropped us off. So it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. We're not going back to the stand, or not going back to the house. So me and Cody ran out in the field and drug all of them to the edge of the field. I went and got in the stand, and I shot a 130-inch nine-point the same morning. I swear. <laughs> Cody goes, I have never seen anyone shoot so many times in one morning. Where was Cody with this nine-point? He was with me in the stand. Why didn't he shoot it? Uh, it was chicken shit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Where was he on the pigs? Did he not have a gun with him? He didn't. It was just me. And it was like one of those situations where it's like, okay, do you shoot and then we switch, or do I shoot and switch? But he was still like he was like eleven, so he was still oh, like yeah. not old enough to like grab the gun from me. And at that point, I might have got a little bit of that Jimmy Rotarius itis in me, and I just started just kept squeezing triggers. I, I, <laughs> I probably should have let him shoot one, but it's hard to do that in the moment. Yeah, you know, if you have a sounder of pigs come out, a lot of times if you'll shoot the big sow that's with the group, just drop her where she tight. stands. They'll they'll scatter a little bit but they'll come, come back, back to her yeah. yeah especially if they're if they're like her little bitties or something like you know like it don't matter if they're if, if they're they're all 80 pounders and she's 200 you drop her those 80s will come back to her mm-hmm. oh man i killed i pulled that off with a, a wet sow who had there was two pigs so they may have been two litters of piglets um every one of them was about the size of a football I mean, they oh, were little watermelons, yes. and there was one little pinky. Like everyone else is a watermelon, and one little albino pig. Oh, and they would they would they would come out like like the little albino was the was the one with the balls too. Man, they would come out first, and then all of a sudden you see a whole bunch of little piggies come out, and they'd start doing a the thing, nibbling the pigs. 
And all I had was a rifle. Oh. Um, and anyway, so the pigs, and then all of a sudden, one of them would get a little nervous and haul ass, and all of them would take off. And then a couple minutes later, a couple more pigs come out, and then the rest of them would come out. And I just waited and waited and waited until I had that little white, little white football looking dead at me. And, you know, right, right through the middle where the snout meets the eyes. Man. And again, all the little piggies took off, and they came back. Watermelon. Watermelon. <laughs> watermelon. <laughs> my, dad shot a, my dad shot a big sow one time. And uh, then, you know, he goes down to get her. She had some bitty bitties with her. And <clears throat> he's, he gets her, and we're sitting at camp. Get a FaceTime call. I'm like, what the heck is it? So I answer the FaceTime. He goes, I got a pig. I was like, good. He's like, I don't know what to do with this. I go, eat it. He goes, no. And he moves the phone back, holds up. He's got one of the biddies alive in his hand. He's like, I oh. got a pig. He's, he caught it when he went up there to her. Those said, are great eating, man. I said, what are you going to do with it? He's like, I'm not sure yet. And he he put stuck it, it in the ground blind. He stuck it in the ground blind. Yeah. No way. <laughs> He was in there chilling with it. Well, he, no, did, he it put it in there to, yeah, to like keep it captive momentarily and then went back and let it go for some reason. But Look, you get a chance to drop one of them little bacon sprouts, do it. Bacon sprouts? I'm and telling the, anywhere from like, like honestly to me, like 30 pounds and below, th- those are <sighs> fantastic eating things. You got to be careful where you shoot them, though. Oh, uh, I mean, you're because you make a bad shot, off. there's nothing if you're left. Shooting pig, if you're shooting pigs in the shoulder and stuff, me and you got to have a conversation because, I mean, it's either. Shoot them, drop them right there, and I'll have to deal with it. I don't want to blood trail pigs. There's, no. there's too many because they go into the nasty. Yeah, and not just that, but if if you do, if you were to hit them like high, or you were to hit them a little low, and then you go down in that nasty stuff, and that bitch is sitting there in a corner, waiting for you. They are not fun to try to hand grab wrestle. No. I promise no. you. I uh, I shot a big sow one time, and she mm. had a bunch of biddies with her, and I had my. Uh, my M1A with a 20 round magazine loaded for bear with 165 grain soft point 308. Oh. And I saw her coming and, uh, the, the path she was going to be on would have put her at about 10 yards, maybe 15 yards in front of my stand. And she button hooked to the right, the last minute. And she was literally at the base of the ladder. So I stood up as I flipped the safety off and she stopped and looked up at me and I said, lights out. And she dropped right to the ground right there and they scattered. And I said, sing me the song of your people. Blow, 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 blow. You got to start writing this stuff down and putting them on t-shirts. Literally. <laughs> sing me the song some, of my people. You have the best commentary ever. Like mine, I'm like, yeah, I shot this pig. The pig didn't say nothing to me. But like, and you're like, you got all these things that you said to this pig in the moment. I love it. Uh, we go back to the, we go back to how to process a bacon sprout real quick for those who are paying attention. Oof. And maybe the easiest way to do it, if you're not sure, look up online how to bone a rabbit. <laughs> it's right? basically the same size. Yeah, when and I'm then talk, roll yeah, it up. I, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, you, you, so you, you you obviously take the guts out and, and you you cut along the inside of each mm-hmm. bone so that you can gently fillet the meat away from the bone and then you're going to run your knife up along the ribs on the back side of the ribs to the spine and you're going to take the whole pig little piglet you're going to take the whole thing off the bone in one piece and obviously lop off the the, the the hawks and the yeah the tail and the head and you've just got this meat sock yeah this meat sock <laughs> and and because it's that's what I mean, it is you talk, that's why I call it a bacon sprout man because the, it's the most tenderest white meat that you can just roll up with peppers or herbs or cheese, you know, it's a little blasphemy, but then you, you can wrap that little roast in prosciutto mm. and then grill it in direct and then, you know, for, I don't know, 40 minutes, 
Um, depending on your heat, I guess. 165, that's what you, drew, you grill it to. You don't Hell grill it for time. No, you no, do no, it to, no. You do no it to temperature. Just enough, just enough to take out trichinella, which is like 130s. So I'd take it at maybe to 140. I, I don't know. I So I do the same. I, I want to do that every time. I'll always be like, all right, I'm going to pull it at this temperature. Usually, what what do you got? Eight to ten degrees that it's going to rise. Trichinosis is what you're trying to get rid of, and I'm pretty sure that dies at 160 or 160. No, it's that salmonella at 160. Trichinosis is way lower. Like one, you look it up. But I'm saying I, it's like 137. I want to do that. I want to do that every time. But in my mind, because honestly, especially pork, because pork gets so dry. Yeah. Like any wild game, if you overcook it, it's dry as hell, and it's it's rough. That's when people say, "Oh, I." I don't like deer meat, or I don't like turkey breast, or you know, wild game. If it's overcooked, it's basically it gets to the point where it's an elk in it. Yeah, it's bad. It's tough. So I try to do the same thing, but man, every time in my mind, I'm just sitting there going, "Could you imagine how horrible it'd be to get freaking sick from a wild hog? They're they're some rough animals." Yeah, but like I said, cook it up. I mean, I don't I don't try to go to right one one thirty seven or whatever it is. I take it a. F- up to that temperature, just a little higher, and then I still do the wrap. You're still wrapping it. Wrapping so it, putting it in a cooler. It's cooking another 10, probably 10, 12 degrees. Yeah, but if you take a wild pig all the way to 165, it, it's, especially if you're trying to do like a ham or something, the rind on the ham is like an inch thick and it's tough as shoe leather. Though, believe it or not, if you trim that rind off, yeah, dice it, and then freeze the cubes because the freezing breaks it down. And then when you pull it back out, there's a bunch of salt in it. It just rehydrates. 137. Oh, it's on the money. For an hour. You have to hold 137 for an hour to kill trichinosis. trichinosis. And then salmonella is 145, between 145 and 165. Yeah. So I'm up over 137. So you got to hold it for an hour, though. You have so to that, hold the temperature. So for an I hour wonder if that, that pertains to only smoking, though. No, it's it's in cooking in general. It's, it's trichinosis. That, that's why you they tell you you have to cook pork to a certain temperature because trichinosis. I mean, it's it's treatable, right? But you're going to be really sore. It's going to get into your muscles, your big muscle tissue, and it's, it's worms. Might already be something wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. man. Between the, the number of pigs, hey, but by God, gators, that, that, that pork one was yeah. juicy. Boy. <laughs> My goodness, foxes. That, that armadillo we smoked up. But I you can you cook that. it at one sixty five and still have a plenty of juicy meat. It's it, it's not cooking it to one sixty five and then sitting there and holding it at one sixty five. Yeah. You bring it up to one sixty five for like two minutes and then pull well, it off. Well, if you the think grill. about so what you're saying, if, even if you were to pull it. So so you get it to 140. Yeah, I usually stop at 140. So you get it to 140, you pull it off, you wrap it. It's about Especially if you wrap it in tinfoil, you wrap it in everything, you're not eating it in 15 minutes. No, exactly. So, so it's it, going to sit at that like 145 to 150 mark for, you know, give or take, I don't know, 30 but, minutes. But the difference between pig at, one, let's say, 140, 145 and 165. Oh, as dry as the Sahara. It, yeah, yeah, man, you make a ham and you take it all the way to 165. It's chewer. It's tougher than shoe leather. It's just you need. You need. It's just not them, good. You need some. I, I I get you on these Georgia hogs. These these things are like half domestic. They got ask Jordan. They got back fat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about like you would think you shot your neighbor's pig. I'll come uh, up there and shoot some pigs with you, man, and we'll bring them up. I've got that huge smoker. We'll. Hey, I'll, I'll set you up a ham for a year. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it's fun. We have a lot of time, and I got a thermal and everything. So like. We ride around all night and do our thing. I sit everybody on stands and just don't let him get his truck stuck. <laughs> no, no, no. That, so, that bungee cord still holds my brush or my uh, 
Skid played on. You 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 talk about the stories that I tell, and you know I'd say, but everything I said to you, I said while I was in the tree stand. I know you did. Yeah. That's why I said it's it's genuine. I, that's why I love He's it. He's like, sing me the song of your sing people. Sing me the song. Of your I people. did. I did. I went. I said, sing me the song of your people. Blah 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 blah. Like, blah, blah. I just looked just, at him square in the face and goes, I don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks pig Latin. It's Russian. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Russian boar. Okay? <laughs> yeah, pig Latin. That's good. That's good. Dad joke. <laughs> oh no, I I talk to myself. That's what makes my story so much better, dude. I I would never. I never. My dad has told me from a very young age, never ever let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> so no. if if you come up with something on the fly and you know what's funny is the funniest part about that after right. I after I let about I probably shot seven or eight times before I couldn't see piglets anymore, and I killed two more two of the piglets on the run. Um, and, uh, my, my dad's buddy texts me. He's like, did you hit it? And I was like, yes, yes, I did. Which yes, one? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, huh, I may have told us some before, but it was, it was this probably the same piece of property that we were on. And, uh, I'm walking out to the stand and there was this stand that I would hunt that afternoon had pretty religiously had some pigs at it. And I'm climbing up the ladder. I'm like, it would just be like wicked. And I'm like looking down, like making sure I'm taking my right steps. I'm like, this would be wicked if I could shoot a pig from the ladder. Before I even get in the stand. Yeah. And I got my gun over my shoulder. Like it's got the strap on it over my shoulder. And as soon as I think that, I look up and there's a pig. And I'm about halfway up the ladder. And I said, okay. Game time. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrapped one arm around the ladder and then took the other one and set it over that arm that was wrapped around the ladder. And Wow! And drop that pig right there from the ladder of the tree stand. Dude, but pigs during deer season are like bonus animals. Yeah. Because you only get so many deer, right? And and then all of a sudden the pig steps out. You're like, oh, wham! Meat in the freezer and I haven't blown a tag. It's fantastic. Oh, 308. Is it that one is 308? That's what I just bought. Nice. I got it from a buddy of mine. He built it himself, but... I 110% agree with you. Literally, I, everybody hates them, right? Because they're like, oh, I planted all these food plots and they destroyed them. I hate these pigs. I don't but know. I'll tell you right now, son. Look, man. Hey, about about mid-October, when you're sitting there and you ain't seen a deer in a couple of days, you're like, man, I really wish some damn pigs. It's a love-hate relationship. Like, if I could, if I had, we had a lease. Well, the lease you came up and hunted with yeah. duck hunting with us. We didn't have pigs there. Or so, but and, and that was now, okay. Yeah. You want right? to have you want to have enough though. Like you don't. You, have no, 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 no. You can't have just enough because you're no. there eventually. Because at one point we had a lease uh, in around Cuthbert area where we didn't have pigs, and then we had pigs where we might kill, might see and kill two or three a year. Two or three years later, you're, we're we're killing thirty, forty, fifty that's pigs my, a that's season. My place now. Yeah. My place. So. You don't just get a few of them. No, we. You, you get a few of them for a year, and then you're overrun. We've been on the place that I hunt now for probably about eight or eight or nine years when we first got it we were killing anywhere from because and we didn't hunt at all during the summer like no no off-season hunting at all now i go up there i take people from ohio i take people from florida i take people from all over the place that because for whatever reason man it's just it's a it's like an adrenaline rush for people to be able to hunt an animal that they can't hunt very many places. I, I mean, I, I get it, but I've I've been blessed to be able to shoot it my whole life, so it's not a really big deal to me. 
But these people come down and they want to do it. But the first year on our place, we might have shot two to five in the whole season. By the third or fourth year, we were shooting 10 to 15. Now, every single member will shoot at least one hog every year. Yeah. At the minimum. And that's just during, like you said, it's passive. You're deer hunting. You're deer hunting, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, 20 pigs. Yeah, we don't we don't have that many of them. It's we get them stupid up there where we're at. Every now, how well we're so we hunt between Hazelhurst and Douglas. Where are you? Where, in where, say, we're in relationship to uh, Waycross. He can't he can't say too much uh, <laughs> oh, about that. I'm uh, of, uh, I'm near uh, Dooley County. Okay, so it it's like uh, you are west of where we are. Yeah, so. It's a uh, cordial. Yeah. Get off on in cordial. I'm not looking for you to drop a pin on. The no, place, I, I'm just saying I, I it, it's near cordial. He shot some good deer and let's keep some other hunters out of his county. So, but that's a driving lease prices. Tell, to the tell him, hey, yeah, whatever. Go ahead, look around, boys. There ain't no secrets. It takes ten years to grow deer that I shoot. So if you if you want to do it, you better have <laughs> you better have a damn good group of guys and, yeah. <laughs> and some pockets because. You it's say that you say that, Jim, and then you got ninety five acres for lease over in Claremont for ten grand. Yeah, yeah. On the peninsula, it's different. We're we're paying. ninety. What was it? Ninety five hundred a it's year. It's not that far. Not that far of a reach to think that Georgia wouldn't get nearly as nearly as bad, if not as bad. Someday. Oh, it's yeah. way. It's it's intent and. Eight Dude, we years, we have years. a lease it's, in it's Alabama. It's almost tripled on us, and we've been consistent with the guy. So it's like, yeah. I mean. It, like I said, I told my dad today because <laughs> I went up to the hunting campus weekend. The AC broke. Yeah, I've never done AC work in my whole life, so like, you figure it out though. But hey, so I called Clay Turner of Turner's Heating and Air from Old Umatilla, and I may have to call your boy because mine's been. Oh, he'll hook, he'll hook you up. He's a good dude. I'm telling you, Terry has called me. I mean, unselfish plug can be right now, but he he's if you need AC work done, you, you just give him a call. He's the best, the best, but. He's a member in our lease. And so I called him. I'm like, hey, man, I think, uh, no, I know the AC's not working. It, it's hot in here. Right. And he's like, all right, well, we'll be talking. I'm like, I'm like Clay, I, I don't have a lick of knowledge about AC, bro. I'm I talking just, like I just know it's, it's hot not, and it's not supposed to be. I'm talking <laughs> about I'm, I'm in the house and it's as hot in the house as it is outside. So I know something's not right here. So he's like, all right, well, turn the thermostat off. Like, all right, so turn the thermostat off completely. He's like, all right, kick the thermostat on and go into the laundry room and see if you if you hear the unit inside kick on the same time as the unit outside kicks on. I said, okay. Run out there, do it, you know. So the unit on the inside ain't kicking on. He said, the fan's bad. Like that. I'm talking. He knew immediately what it was. All right, well, you got to you gotta end back 5 16th bit and you know this and that i'm like yeah i got it all on my truck he's like all right cool you're fixing to learn how to take an ac apart i said okay <laughs> and he literally was on the phone with me talking me through it i pulled the whole fan out everything brought it home obviously i mean he's an ac guy so it's under warranty and get it fixed but it, it's it's just it's expensive it's very very expensive to it's always good. To, it's always hunt. good to know an AC guy. Because when I was out here last weekend fixing the hole in my septic tank and my AC quit working, uh, I called Rob Kaiser. 
he's a member of our of the Under Pressure Outdoors Nation, and he does AC. He fixed your AC. He did. And I called him, and I was like, Rob, this is what's happening. He's like, all right, try this. Did that work? Nope. Try this. Did that work? Nope. Try this. Did that work? It turned back on. He's like, ah, this is the problem. This is how you fix it. Yep. It's like, oh, sweet. So it was something simple. That Thankfully. Was, that yeah. was that Rob's was good was. stuff, man. Yeah. That was the same way. I, I had to have my, I just bought a house last August. So I, I got the full, I'm coming up on a year of being a, a quote unquote homeowner. So basically it, it's basically the same thing as a boat until you get everything fixed. <laughs> and then it kind of takes care of itself. For yeah, a once you bit. get everything fixed, but the boat is just throwing money in the, in the floor. Yeah. At least the house you live in it, so you don't have a choice. You don't just use it on the weekends. Only hell, we're standing out here in the garage earlier, and part of my ceiling just falls down. Yeah, just blew, blew a knot out of the. <laughs> Did it? Right? Yeah, yeah. A knot. We're standing in the garage, and a knot fell it's out like, of one boom. of the boards. He's like, what the, the heck world? was that? <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, he he came out, and hooked me up. Good. good stuff. You got high end hunt camp, man. When the AC breaks down in my place, I just undo the screws, give it a good kick until it blows out the window, and I go get another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I and I will say this: I, they do have a nice hunt camp. It, it's pretty. It's not like it's not the rich, you know. What I mean, it's, it's like a single a, it's wide. A, but it's a you know, it's a double wide. It's oh, yeah. big. It's it's. I mean, it's huge. You, I could probably sleep 10, 12 people in there. Oh wow, comfortably. And compared to the Unabomber shack we used to have. I mean, we've come a long way from garden hose showers and, you know, bar of soap, so. <laughs> yeah, we got hot and cold running water and AC. We've got, now we got AC in the, uh, We're spoiled, in the shitter. Sure. We got, te- so. we got a couple TVs and stuff. I mean, yeah. I got two box fans in my room. What's up? But we're running, <laughs> we're running, we're running all window units in our, in our little village. Well, Nobody's got central. For what you do though, it works. I mean, yeah. I, that's what saved me this weekend. We had an extra window unit from our old house, our old place that I had just thrown in the, in the shed and clay's like hey man i'll tell you something you go out there in that shed i said about 94 percent sure that there's a window unit and if there's a window unit your ass is going to sweat without sweat on your butt <laughs> <laughs> he said if there's not you might want to pack your truck up come to the house because yeah. you're going to yeah. be miserable because it, yeah. it was like 97 up there this weekend it was hot. oh wow so like during the day i just sat on the porch with the fan on and you know we got like a big industrial fan it was a good time yeah. by myself Great time, not terrible. That's when your your clients but, failed to show. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, understandable stuff. Communicated yeah. with me, let me know, and everything. And and there is a non refundable deposit which covers my cost. So it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. We got a. It's just a double wide trailer. We got a a dual skinning shed. We've just got two hooks, and they're all electric. Ain't oh, no, see, ain't he's no got cranking. winches and everything. Ain't no yeah. cranking or nothing. It's all concreted out. I mean, I don't crank either. System. I just tie the rope to the ball of the hut truck and we gotta, winch it up over I mean, a tree yeah. limb. It's a pretty nice little setup. I would say, listen, they, I mean, they drive their personal trucks up there and then drive hunting trucks that are already stored up there. Around. Yeah, my high school truck's my hunting truck. Oh, Lord. So He's like, it's not fancy, you know. We just has his own vehicle. I mean, it, then, it's know. an extended cab, but the... The back doors don't open, so you got to crawl up in there like you know your old girlfriend used to do. But <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> oh man! Well, we got some uh, public land quotas coming up. That quite a few. See, of us, I was unsuccessful you, on redraws again today. I didn't even put. Did they come out today? Honestly, yeah. I have to look and see if I. I got one should, hunt. That's all I can handle. <laughs> get a T-shirt that says "Not Selected" on it. It's all the walking I'm, I'm willing to do. Yeah, unsuccessful. <laughs> I think it says not selected. It says unsuccessful. Oh, is that what it says? All right. I don't know which is worse. (laughs) 
Not selected or unsuccessful. Well, back in the day, I'm positive it was not selected. You read through the email now. I don't even <sighs> have to open my phone. It says FWC, and then I see in the title of the email, unsuccessful. Yep, unsuccessful, unsuccessful, unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. Unsuccessful limited entry quota application. Well, I drew one hunt. Honestly, I for anybody that follows me or knows who I am, I've been a private land guy my whole life i've just been very very blessed to have somewhere to hunt georgia florida wherever and a lot of that is because of my dad and my dad's very good at what he does so we usually have a place to hunt that's the only thing we do really and this year for the first time i drew my first public land in florida hunt after we talked him into it 26 years old yeah i mean jordan put it jordan put in my request for me so (laughs) we're all all hunters man and that's the thing is whether you draw or not and certainly helps if you've already got private land, but with the, with the volunteerism and things we do, we're going to get it done. And if you know what, it's like if you can't chase deer, we'll go chase ducks. Can't chase ducks, you go chase pigs. We'll shoot more hens, we'll hunt squirrels. But I don't know, man. It's hunting season. I'm not. You, if it's hunting season, I'm going. You got to be pumped about it, regardless of your opportunities that you have. It, it's an exciting time for an outdoorsman, for sure. Yeah. I, I love it. If I'm not about wore out at the end of turkey season, then something was wrong. Because I start hunting moorhen season, and I don't stop till the end of turkey season. I tell you, Mac, Mac, I say Mac like everybody knows who that is. My wife, she is like, she knows. As soon as September 1st hits, she's like, all right, well, the only conversation that I'm going to have with my husband is about trail cam pictures or dates for hunting trips. <laughs> and after yeah. that, she's like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't care. After after next week, and we'll have some deer meat, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just you know what's yeah. it? Literally, my whole world revolves around it. This, I can't this, help it. We we draw these quota hunts here because it starts in September. We don't even start bow season in Alabama till October 15th. That's right. You guys have a lease in Alabama this yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> and then we have October 15th to the 24th is buck only. And then on the 25th, it becomes either sex. You guys so it really doesn't even start till October 25th. Dude, I don't even know because me and my dad went and looked at it and like partially walked some of it. And we're like, yep, okay, cool, we're leasing it. Because it's a place to hunt. It wasn't even like, oh, there is so much deer sign no, here. I mean, we have to lease this. It was a place to hunt. So we leased it. We haven't set foot on it again well, since then. Honestly, dude, any kind of out-of-state stuff, that's why... It, I try to keep anything within six hours. It's within six. Six hours, you can get off work at five o'clock on a Friday, strike out. You can go hunt all day Saturday, which in theory, you're not really hunting all day. You go hunt morning, Saturday, afternoon, Saturday, Sunday morning. If you don't shoot nothing, pack the truck up, gone. You know, you're back to the house by a decent time on Sunday to kind of do your thing, get ready for work on Monday. Anything outside of six, seven hours, you are... You got. You have to dedicate time in the summer to to scout be it. There, yeah, be there yeah. for an extended period. So, so we're within six hours, but our thing is like where we used to have our hunting camp was. I mean, you yeah, were there what, three and a half, four hours. Yeah, but we had a place to put our tractor. We had a place to put everything. Oh, this is just a raw piece of land. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, there's power, water, and septic. And I got a camper. We don't have a camper. I, that's listen. our thing is we, we don't have somewhere to stay we have my tent at the moment dude get a slide off shed with a garage door you need to go, so f- you go find your, yeah. yeah yeah go find old 
You live in Umatilla, bro. Just go find. Palm I feel like Dicker there was area. somebody a little bit like meth or something, but you there were. I feel like there was there was somebody in the group between me, you, and Dad who suggested getting a shed. I don't remember. Quite yeah. good looking and fellow. There's somebody that hasn't been opposed to it either. So. You can yeah. do, and you don't need nothing crazy. You build a couple bunk beds in it and and well, insulate it. You're done. Yeah. Oh, that's our only there. thing. That's that's oh, been true. our only thing is we don't have a place to stay there currently. So I mean, like I can bring my tent up. I can do my tent and hitch and bring it up, but. It depends. I mean, you're going during the summer. You're going to be miserable. But if the tent's you're going, not bad. If you're going up like during, you know, like a cooler time of the year, that's that's. I'm fine. just looking forward to deer season starting when it's not so stinking hot anymore. I can oh, tell I, you, I, we like bow hunting. Yeah. Uh, bow hunting in September in South Georgia is the same in Florida. It's brutal. I'll tell you right now, if I haven't sent an arrow through a set of lungs by October, I'm, I'm itching bad. Real, real bad. Like it, it gets rough around my house. My, what are you so mad at? I'm like nothing. Leave me alone. <laughs> I get a little frustrated. Just I'm used to it. I like. You got I some like Florida stuff. time this year too. Cause I, like I don't put, tra- put two tra- trail cameras out for you. Yeah, I know. I feel like Will. Right, Jordan's like, well, you haven't even gone scout. I'm like, why do I need to? You do it for me. Yeah, I mean, you. Got I don't more, even have the permit up he's there. He's got more time yeah. than we got. I know where I'm going. Where I'm not really. Hey, this this just dude take has, me. One of us to kill a deer. This dude has sent me so many like uh, Onyx pins and all this stuff on my phone and stuff, and I'm like, man, I'd love to look at that, but I don't even have Onyx. You don't have Onyx? I I, I did in college, but when it, I haven't hunted public land in four years. Son, I use it on private land. Yeah. <laughs> the hell, I need to do that for? Just to Boundaries. have pins on my stands. Everything yeah. I hunt's fenced. I mean, I know where fenced. I know where I'm allowed to be and not. Like, oh, be. now we get now yeah, we know yeah, why yeah, he's yeah. got oh, a hot, fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, fit, the fence, fence is uh, 17 foot tall, so <laughs> that's why I kill them bucks. <laughs> he's running that eight strand bob wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my dad looked at me real funny when I told him that we need the 17 foot T post. He's like, "Well, <laughs> we're only gonna be able to drive four foot in the ground. I said, that's 14 foot, 13 foot. We'll be fine. We can't get over that." <laughs> 18 or eight strands of wire. I hope you're kidding. No, I'm 100% kidding. No, there's no way. No, he you just know how much that fence costs. Good lord. You know how yeah. many, Jim, I don't you know care. How, that's what Texas is for. You know how some of the some of the, the comments that I've gotten on my social media. I oh, because everybody thinks you're shooting high fence deer. In the in Florida, yeah. I shoot 114 inch deer and got. You would think people wanted me to just off myself. Well, that's a that, that's so a stud. bad. Yeah. And then that one in Georgia was way worse. I got I had so many people from Georgia messaging me and like telling me one guy one local guy told me that he better he I better hope I don't meet him at a corner store because he knows where I hunt apparently because he's a local. <laughs> I said, buddy, listen, I here's my address. Because you shot a big deer, or cause... yes, because I'm from Florida. And I'm taking opportunities from people that live in Georgia. I said, listen, bro, come Don't on. Don't you ever dare come your butt down here to hunt a turkey. I tell him, come on, three grand, I'll put you on one, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, I don't, I've ne- I'll never understand that. If, if, if you guys shot a giant deer, right, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have a, a piece of like a lick of jealousy. It, like, even when you shot okay, that buck so on public I, I, land. I'm jelly. Hundred percent. Well, that. But what I'm, I'm not saying like, not like hate you. Hate yeah, you not like hate. When you shot that buck on public land, I don't remember who messaged me first, but I was legitimately pumped, yeah. like excited, and it wasn't. 
that's what's hunting hunting's about though like we right. get caught we get caught up in the trophy thing and it's like yeah the trophy's awesome but it's also like you're we're all year by year i feel like our our sport gets bigger and bigger but we get more divided and more divided uh, it, yeah it, you, know, I mean, uh, you have so many people that bash each other and Someone goes out and shoots their first deer, and the first comment on there is like, "Oh, I should have let him go a year." Like, dude, keep your comments to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're especially it's like an uh, you know a 35 year old man, and, yeah. and the kid's 16. Right. I'm like, dude, I don't know who your dad is or what how your dad did her stuff, or maybe you're a first generation hunter, but we don't do stuff like that. Right. You don't dog a kid over shooting a deer. I don't care if he's six or 26 for his first deer. Like you. But you should have that kind of feel. Yeah, I don't get that either, man. That's a touchy subject for me. I hate but that But when I used to say that I'm really not in – hold on, don't get me wrong. I appreciate when I shoot nice ace point, ten point. You know, give the, I get a little extra jacked up when it's a yeah, you know, big 100%. buck. Yeah, 100%. But. Yeah, you're a meat guy. I do – yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's odd because – and I'm not saying this like I'm superior or anything. I just realized that in that way – my motivations, I think, are in the minority. That like the amount of Yahoo I get over shooting a big buck. I like shooting bucks over does simply because there's more payload. But the amount of Yahoo isn't really that much greater. And and the things that I really do, my favorite, I'd say my favorite part of hunting in the whole process is 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 taking a hindquarter that's been aged about 10 days out of the refrigerator when it's got that pellicle and you can sep- almost separate all the muscle groups with your fingers. Yeah. Like that and cutting those into neat steaks. And I don't know, man, and having them all laid out nice and neat on the cutting board, that moment is probably the pinnacle for me. And I don't, it's like, and I'm not a chef. I do enjoy cooking. Right, but I just like that whole idea. That I think that is where I finally am. Like, I put in all the work, I killed the animal, took the time to break it down, and now it's finally food. It hasn't even been turned yeah. into a recipe yet. But that moment when it's like, that's something that I could put in cellophane and styrofoam and slap a sticker on it and throw it over to Publix, and somebody would buy it. I'd never yeah. sell it, but you know they would be like, I'd buy that. Yeah, that's it, my thing. My so my thing is is a lot of people don't understand. Another thing that really drives me crazy about like certain people, it's not everybody, obviously. Like a lot of people, I do get a lot of pats in the back, and congrats, man! I know the work you put in to do that, like in order to to create an opportunity to hunt a deer like that. I, I get that; that's awesome. I, yeah. I I'm always very gracious of anybody that has any positive thing to say because it means something to me. Because they know the hours I put in and the the sweat equity you put in during the summer and the food plots and this and the that and the money and the time yep. and the you know, somewhat not, not that you, you do it on purpose, but it, it's such a big part of my life that like, it does create some turmoil every once in a while with my yep. wife, you know, <laughs> or with my dad or my brother or like, Oh, well, why are we, Oh, or friends especially. Cause a lot of my friends actually believe it or not, they don't really deer hunt. A lot of my friends, they really don't. Um, so it's like, Oh man, we ain't seen you in forever. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, it's hunting season. You know, I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been getting after it. You know, I'm I'm prepping, and they're and they don't understand it, right? But it, but for me, I I I know the work I put in every single year, and you guys, like people that I do associate with, that are my friends that do hunt, they get it. 
so usually those are the congratulations texts I get, but it's the people that don't put any work in or they don't pursue that opportunity to find a place that they can afford and they can build into, you know, a Mecca like we have. And those are the people that are also like, must be nice. That is one of the, the mm, most, everybody can do it. I, I hate those words. I but you, words you, so you know what the best, you know what the best response to that is? It is. I say thanks for watching. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the comment. Thanks have for a, watching. Have a great Can't day. Even get half the big deer on film. You get too fidgety and just forget to hit the record no, button I'm, or your I'm, camera messes I'm up. I'm waiting on my deer to get back from the taxidermist <laughs> to do a little, what do they call those, Jordan? Like a, uh, I have the shot on film, but it, it's not on my big camera. It's on I'll my say, GoPro, I've seen it. So it's like POV. Yeah. So you got to kind of create the storyline because you shoot a deer like that. I'm I'm trying to make it into a story. You, you know got enough I mean? I on you your don't... camera though to 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 tell the story. Yeah, hundred percent. But right, I, because I want part of the story wanna... is that your your big camera didn't have didn't gather the film at, at this yes. point. That's part of the story. And I had the best part is I have all of that like genuine one clip, one everything to where. I shoot the deer, I freak out, you know, I've said on a previous podcast, and if you guys see it on the Under Pressure Outdoors TikTok, you know, Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands, I, I that is genuine, that was all one clip, no editing, no anything, all that happened as I'm finding out that my big camera didn't, like the file was basically corrupt. Right. So like, there's nothing I could do with that situation, and it, and I feel for the guys that have TV shows and all that stuff because, man, you shoot one like that. I'll probably never shoot another deer that big in my life in Georgia. I mean, if if it scores what I think it'll score, which it should, it's going to be top five in the county ever. That, nice. That's when it's that's when it's time to start looking at going and hunting public land in Wisconsin. And Kansas, Kansas will yeah. be my next Can- will be my next trip probably. Yeah. Wisconsin is your uh, is number one. Ranked number one for Boone and Crockett Bucks, and it has six of the top ten counties in the U.S. You talk about a place that you got to walk. You, you got to go out there. You can't just show up and hunt for a week. Where in in Wisconsin? Oh, are, I'm sure those are big woods, dude. Yeah. You got to like you got to know somebody or be able to put your time in. As far as Kansas go, I know a fellow who knows a fellow that owns a lease up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know a guy too. Uh, my dad leased some property in, uh, from a guy in Kentucky last year for ten days, and he does uh, some ten day leases in in Kansas. But I don't think I want to go that route anymore. Honestly, the older like the older and older I get, I mean, obviously I know it's gonna be harder and harder because I'm I'm married now. I'm just, you know, obviously the next step is kids and stuff like that. So it's like I, I want to be able to put the work in and do it myself though in a public land hunt in seven days. That's my goal is to go and do one trip in a different state for seven days every year. We're gonna put you on a public land Florida buck first. Well, yeah. My my overall goal, if I can die a happy man as a Florida hunter, is shoot a registry buck in Florida with my bow. If I do that, I'll on probably, public land, on public land, I'll probably never. I'll probably never. I don't know. What do you do at that point? Let's use Jimmy and pull our resources together and hunt my uh, my hunt this year. <laughs> Let's use Jimmy. I'm just going to use you. I'm going with you on <laughs> yeah, your but hunt. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy knows the area that Dude, I got, though. So my dad, back in the day, that's another thing that's so crazy about Dim, Jimmy is your dad, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy is my dad. But so, unless he owes you money. 
then he's not my dad. But um, <laughs> anyways, so the cool thing is about him is growing up with a dad that's super, super active. And me and my dad are 17, 18 years apart. So my dad's 44 years old and I'm 26. I'll be 27 this year. So we're very close in age. So it's almost like growing up with, you know, an older, older friend. Right. When he needs to be my dad, he's my dad. But he's also my best friend. So he drug me through some of the sketchiest stuff ever that a kid has ever seen, right? I mean, he was, you know, 23, 24 years old, and I'm five. So he wasn't going to stop hunting. And my mom is like, oh, I'm pregnant with your brother. I got to stay at home. Well, guess what? I'm not staying at home. My dad's picking me up from kindergarten out of the school checkout line with two shirts and a pair of jeans, and we're going to South Carolina for two weeks. Like, and we did it. And I ran dogs with my dad as a kid. And to watch the progression, my dad genuinely is, if you want to look at like a scrappy dude from Florida that's built his whole life, he's, he's done it. Yeah. He's, he's worked really hard and he is a people's person. And he's created opportunities for himself to hunt his whole I, life. I've genuinely never met a person that hasn't met Jimmy and didn't like him. If they say they didn't like him, it's probably because they worked for him in his younger days. No, working for him is probably pretty pretty horrible. Honestly, it probably is. That's but, what I said. That's if they didn't like him, it's because they worked. Oh, for oh, him. maybe, maybe that or I don't know. Maybe that in his younger years, he might have had to run that old lady or something. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I'll bet he'll mellow in a couple of years. But if he's he's self employed, I don't know. That, no. Oh no no, no he's no, a lineman. No. He's a lineman. He worked for Duke Energy. Still starting out that young. If he was having a kid as a teenager and, and stuck re- around and everything like that, that's a, that's that's a guy that just knuckled down and endured some hard times. Um, I don't know that, that Jimmy's ever going to mellow. Through, I mean, yeah, he's not. I, he might slow down a little bit. He's got. He's remarried and everything, and I have a a little sister and everything from his new marriage, which awesome for both of them. Shout out to Macy and Leslie. But, um, it's crazy to think though, like. He went through a lot of stuff really, really early in age, and now he's, you'd think he's, like, old. You know what I mean? Because he's been through so much stuff. He's 45 years old. We literally just celebrated his 45th birthday. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hunt. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't know. He's, he's a good dude, though. And like you said, he, he's... He knuckled down in a, in a tough situation as a young guy. That's what I mean. Yeah, so he doesn't and suffer. He doesn't suffer yeah. fools well because he he, he he is a he has paid the dues. Yeah, he is a wild card, but I can tell you, he's one of those guys that if if you genuinely need the shirt off your back, he's going to give it to you. Yeah, nice. it's, for sure. It's, off his it, back. And, yeah, and honestly, he keeps that spare in his back seat of his truck. So if mm-hmm. you do need it, he's got it on hand. He's got you at any time. So you know, you, you mentioned when somebody said you must be nice. Yeah, and. I want to go back and visit that. It's like anybody can do it. And I mean that. I mean, anybody can do it, but there's dues that are going to be paid. You're either going to, you're either going to pay them in certain ways where you can just write the check and don't blaspheme that guy because nobody falls into that by accident. Or you are going to pay it in shoe leather and charisma and, 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 and some people are more charismatic and better connected and other people aren't. The guy that's more charismatic, charismatic is probably going to not have to make as many asks. But at the end of the day, anybody listening to this podcast, if you want private land to hunt, 
the first thing you have to do is say, I'm going to have private land to hunt and mean it. And then I don't care if you use uh, Onyx, whatever. There's plenty of ways to get addresses. Learn how to use words so you can make multiple letters at one time. Yep. Start a mailing campaign. Check out and get used to being told no. The yep. whole point you got you're gonna the, every time you hear no, you are one close yet to a guy who's gonna give you a yes. And maybe it won't be for deer on the first one. I mean, come on, all kinds of podcasts talked about this. I asked to come out and hunt squirrels. I asked to come out and hunt fucking woodchucks, whatever they got. Yeah. Get someone to trust you enough to bring a firearm or a bow on your property and then build from there. So it might take you a couple of years, but you'll get there. And, and honestly, there's so many resources now with social media and stuff, but just, I will say this, make sure that wherever you're getting your information is liable. Like don't, don't just reliable, reliable. Yeah. Don't, don't just hop on the internet, try to find like, Oh, how to find hunting land. Grab the first link. Well, there's and think plenty that of articles on there about it. You just yeah. got to know where you're getting your information to and and know like where you're at also. Right. Like, you can't look at Seek 1 and be like, oh, well, they make it look so easy. But well, they don't they've film, been doing it for 15 it, 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 years. It doesn't also. matter. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. What they don't do is they don't film the 90 no's they got before they got the, 10 yeses. Yes, 100%. And that's what, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. With the, make sure that where you're getting your information is good. But like Jim said, I 110% agree. The worst thing they can say is no. The best thing they can say is yes. That's your two options. Right. And depending on, and just because they say no, don't necessarily throw that guy away. If he was personable and it was, well, unfortunately, no, I've already got the land leased. Or no, yeah. my, my grandson comes up and hunts it. You know, eventually some of those no's will turn into yes. Don't bug them again the next six months. No. Two years down, say, hey, Mr. Smith, you know, I reached out to you two years ago. Those guys still on your lease. Like, think about it as a long-term game, and you're looking to add properties. You might only get three to five acres the first time. But if it's the right three acres, Bro. you're hunting a hundred of them. The yeah. thing right? is, that guy that says no, the, the person who uh, was willing to physically meet you in person and tell you no to your face, and you know their name, and they That's know your name. Something. Bro, send them a Christmas card. Hell yeah. yeah. Man, if you're going to try to do George, you got to take a couple of days. Get a couple of people lined up to say, I'd like to come up and meet you and ask I'd like you to take a measure of the man. Yeah. Can I buy you coffee next time I'm in your area? And a lot of times they'll say, sure. You can come buy me coffee. Yeah. Right? And then they're really sorting you out then, and they may still tell you no, but that that's it's and this it's, is, it's like building I, I any other say, business, man. Build I, yourself a hunting business. I would say it's one of those topics where it's it's kind of like a uh it's not like really broadcasted all over because you you don't want to sit there and just tell everybody like you're quote unquote secrets to how you've, you know, managed to get land over, over time, because it's like, okay, well you say that to, you know, thousands of people, then if they live in your area, okay, well you're competing with all those people. But like you go talk to like in West Virginia, everything I hunted was permission, every single piece. Right. And I offered the first time I went through, it was like, Hey man, can I hunt your backyard? I noticed that I saw some deer back there and I didn't know if, you know, they were eating your flowers. Literally, like that was the, that was the first first uh, knock on a door that I ever did. I said, "Hey, man, I, I drive through here all the time, you know, showing this girl or what, you know, whatever the, the deer that are always out in this neighborhood." And I'm a hunter. Do they eat your flowers? Because I because I find something that's a pain point, right? And and you try to turn it into like 
I can help with that. But in theory, you can I only shoot a couple deer a year, you know, they're still going right. to eat flowers, but it seems like I'm, I'm providing you with a service. Yeah. Well, I'm, they may, but also you're creating, now you're creating hunting pressure on that five acre piece and it yeah. makes it less desirable for the deer. Yeah. The deer will so stay away. Even so only shooting one or that, two deer is going to make a difference. I, I got to the point where it was like, you know, I'm in college up here. I don't have a tractor. I don't have, you know, like a big truck or anything that I can really like move things for you or do stuff like that. But like I'll pull weeds, I'll weed eat your grass or, you know, weed eat your yard. Or if you have a hay field and you have a tractor, instead of you having to go beat yourself apart, I'll go hop on it and do it for you. So I'm going to give people a real secret here. I, I the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. This is the keys to the kingdom, but you got to do it right. If you're in a small town, rural area, Almost every one of those towns has a very nice house on it. A very nice house downtown in a rehabbed area. And it says so-and-so certified public accountant. Take that guy for coffee. Get to, and, and don't expect him to all of a sudden be like, oh, you're a nice guy. Here's all the folks that I know that have land. Every time you buy there, take that guy out for coffee. Build a rapport with him. Let him know. He's going to be standoffish. But... When all of a sudden that that person realizes you're a human being, you're sincere, and that you are not going to embarrass him with his customers, when he, and not all CPAs are going to do this. You have to find the right man or woman that understands and is into it, right? And eventually, they'll make an introduction for you. Yeah, and, Lawyers, and you gotta CPAs. You got to have a good sense of character. Well, they know Who do you think those farmers, somebody's doing those farmers' well, they taxes. know everybody, right. too. Bingo. So it's, the more people they know... Obviously, the wor- the more whispers they have in people's ears. Yep. So, for me, I found a guy that owned a ridiculous amount of property in West Virginia. I found that out online. I-, I got really, really lucky because the next year, his grandson came to play baseball at my at my college. Yeah. So, well, what do I do? Like, hey, we're going to hunt your grandpa's place? I'm like, hey, man, you hunt? Like, you got to hunt, right? Like, your grandpa owns 180,000 acres. Like, you know, 180,000 acres, a tenth of the state of West Virginia. I looked all that up on Google. You yeah. know, I found all that information. Come to find out I was already hunting his grandpa's land by permission. Because you can get a a uh, a permit. It, I, I don't really want to say his name because then everybody, I mean. No, I'm right. But his, uh, you can get uh, his name permit and you can hunt basically anything of his property that doesn't have a green gate hmm. that's a hundred thousand acres right there you're you're accustomed to basically if he doesn't own it individually like where he doesn't if he puts the green gates on it it's gas it's it's you know, oil or whatever whatever right. they're using the pro- they're using the property for an industrial minerals reason. so you can't so you can't be out there because of liability anything else he's like free reign you pay 
$15 a year for this permit. And it goes to his LLC. Hmm. It, it, and it's, it's paying his property taxes. Exactly. But if you think about it, like it, it opened up an opportunity for an outdoorsman. Like we were talking about earlier, I'll shoot hedgehogs, the, you know, to anything, right. It opened up the opportunity for also for people to get out in the outdoors and feed their families. Right. So it's really awesome thing that he does. Honestly, it's really cool, but I've never heard anywhere else that does something like that. Dude, the main. Also, I don't know anybody that uh, owns 180,000 acres. So the, <laughs> there are vast tracks in the North Main woods that are owned by people that go back to like the Mayflower. Yeah, <clears throat> and they've they're they're in a public private partnership. Same thing. These big logging tracks. That's super wild and, uh, to me. Yeah, you can buy a pass to get in there. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm going up there again in October to knock down some partridge. Hopefully, so. The the piece of private property that I hunted in Tennessee, dude, that we paid zero dollars for, uh, we stumbled onto surely by dumb luck. Like you talk to you, it's his grandpa. You talk to him, dude. I'm yeah. sitting in the driveway at my buddy's house, and we're talking about deer hunting. And his roommate walks out, and I'm like, dude. As soon as she walks out the door, I was like, dude, we got to find a piece of private land around here. We got to start asking some some people. And she's like, well, my grandfather's got like ninety something acres over in Dover. I'm like, oh yeah. I said, like, I turned around. I said, Did anybody hunt it? She said, No. I said, They do now. Want to ask him if we can hunt there? She's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a call. Get him, you know, range of meeting. And we yeah. met him, and he was like, Yeah, I don't care. But what we did for him was we literally did every chore around that house except for Bush Hog because he reserved that right for himself and himself only. Is that the one where you were stacking the logs and stuff? Yeah. 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 Moving, taking a, a short bed, single cab F-150, filling it from the end of the tailgate to the top of the cab Sheesh. with split cordwood and stacking it in his basement. Honestly, if, if I ever become a very, very uh, rich man one day with a bunch of property, I'll find some young kids and be like, hey, man, listen. Yeah, dude, but <laughs> because, the thing is, is, is we it, had that... Like a redneck kid, he'd do anything to hunt. Not only did Honestly. we did we have, you know, we, we stacked the cordwood, we did through the summertime, we helped him do whatever he needed done around there, and then uh, make repairs to this, stack hay in the barn, whatever we need to do. Then he goes, and I'm like, man, we need to plant some food plots. And I walked in there, and I said, Mr. Junior, I said, do you care if we use your tractor? He's like, no, I don't care. I was like, well, I said, I got to see if I can find a disc for cheap enough that'll fit your tractor so we can plant some food plots. He goes, what do you need that for? I said, well, we need a disc. He's like, there's one in the barn. I'm like, I do what? He's got a whole disc for that tractor sitting in the barn. Didn't even know it was there. He had everything we needed to plant food plots, to do just everything but a spreader. <laughs> and so it's all we had to do to use the tractor, fill it full of diesel. So before we left, we got a, a big, uh, like 250-gallon tank because he was filling five-gallon buckets up and then hand-pumping it into the tractor from a five-gallon bucket. So Good God. we went and got a 200. We found a 250-gallon tank on Facebook and then raised it up on a platform and filled it uh, out of five-gallon buckets until it was about half full. Every time we'd go up there, every time we'd come in, we'd bring 10, 15 gallons of gas with us, fill that, put it in the tank. That way when he needed it, all he had to do was back the tractor up to it and fill it gravity feed out of that tank into the tractor. Just one of the things, it, it not only did it make his life easier, it made our life a lot easier. I'll bet. Yeah. So. 
Pay but, your dues. And then yeah, and then on top that of that, way somebody could tell you must be nice. Yeah, and I'd call yeah. I'd call ahead and you know, tell us tell Miss Loretta we're coming for coming to go deer hunting. She all right, well, breakfast will be ready about ten o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock. You go in there and this is a Thanksgiving spread late. And she had a table, you know, but a little longer and wider than what we're sitting at here. The entire thing covered in look you going there for a breakfast buffet. Junior yeah. loved it. I yeah, actually, he did. <laughs> I actually did that one time um with a cup with a really older and when I say really older, I mean like 80, 80 years old, probably. And I went and knocked on their door. Oh, they were in their eighties. Those two were for yeah. sure. I'm talking about this group. They're this uh, husband and wife, one hundred percent eighty years old. I went and knocked on the door. Well, he had a big, like a big nice farm, you know, up behind his house. And I went and knocked on the door. Same concept. I'm like, hey man, you know, it's very nice to meet you. I'm Hunter Rotarius. I'm from Florida. I go to school at the local college. You know, blah, blah, I'm up here on a baseball scholarship. Um, you know, I'll be here for four years. Is there anything around here that I can help you with in return for me being able to hunt your property? Like you said earlier, it's like, oh, well, my grandson hunts it. I said, okay, well, does your grandson bow hunt? That, that's also like, you, you can you can get a little, not aggressive, but mm-hmm. you can you can ask more personable questions because you're you're asking... Well, does he bow hunt? Well, in West Virginia, where I was hunting, you know, it's 11-day rifle season. So if he's not bow hunting, he's only hunting 11 days out of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So I can tell him, you know, oh, another thing you can do is be like, oh, well, whatever deer I shoot, I'll, I'll give you half of the meat or I'll give you all the meat, you know, depending on what you need. Obviously, you still want to go home with some, but I had a couple people in West Virginia that got... They, did you guys say Junior earlier? Junior was his name. No way. Yeah. You swear. Yeah, Mr. I, I mean, I, I actually don't know his real name. We always called him Mr. Junior. So the first guy that I told you guys I asked if I could hunt his backyard, he actually ended up giving me permission, but we had we gave him like the back straps out of our deer. Right. His name was Junior. There's a lot of them, I'm swear, sure. Swear. So he was just like, yeah, I'm Junior, blah, blah, blah. And somehow or another, he knew like my buddy from Florida's dad or something, but... We literally hunted a one-acre track my freshman year, and we shot we shot enough deer to keep our dorm room freezers full. Oh, I bet. So, I mean, it like I said, where there's a will, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Like if you really want to do it, you'll you'll figure it out. But he used to deer hunt that piece that he had. He just got to the point where he it was too it was you know it's too strange too hard for him. Yeah. yeah. But he still trapped the place. He'd run his he'd run a trap line out there and then run a trap line in the state forest. That's he did big, that for the first couple of years we were there. And I say he's running a trap line. He's running maybe ten, fifteen traps. He's not running a trap line like yeah, he used no. to. But that's a big thing in West Virginia too. They they love like a especially like a barbed wire track or something like that where they're running like the loops mm-hmm. on the fences. My he bu- was running foothold traps catching bobcats. My buddy would wreck the coyotes in, in West Virginia. They're they're. I mean, it's just a bunch of rural areas, so, like, you know, coyotes, they're thick. Right. So, I mean, he would catch, I don't know, 30, 40 a year, and it's crazy. But, I don't know, man, you can always find that piece, and the the problem is is now the, the way you find land for lease is changing. Yeah. Uh, it's all, a lot of it has shifted to online, which makes it very hard to come by, because everybody's yeah. online. Right, so as soon as it's posted, it's gone, and then you can post it for a ridiculous amount of money because I might not pay it, but the next guy probably will. 
That was when when we went up to look at our lease. The guy was like, he's like, man, uh, you know, you guys let me know if you want it or not. He's like, because to be honest with you, if you don't want it, I'll have it. it it'll be leased, you know, within the next two days. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm not worried about it if you don't want it. It's not a big deal if you don't want it because it'll be leased by somebody within the next two days. Oh, yeah. It'll be gone. Just like that. Yeah. And that's how I found it was Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw it on Facebook. He said, my dad said something about Facebook. He's like, man, I couldn't tell you. He said, my wife posts all that stuff. <laughs> But he had five or six tracks, and that was the one yeah. that had the most woods on it. That well, that guy, size. that guy, ideally, probably what he does is just goes and buys land uh, for what people hadn't paid taxes on, mm-hmm. and then just leases it. Yeah, buys it out for cheap, and then leases it out. Yeah. Well, on that note, it, like like you're saying, like the internet part is it, it's not as it's not as personal as like a letter or like you said. Uh, Jim, did you say that, or you said someone said earlier about a Christmas card? Yeah, send them a Christmas card. That's after you've met the person and they said no, or you've they say I got somebody of a relationship that, with the person yeah. where they know who you are. So when they get your Christmas card, they're not like, "Who are these three people on this Christmas card?" Right. But you do that. That that's something that it's just like a job application. It puts you above the next guy because well, the, the next you the, know, next the, guy sent him a very informal, "Hey man, you think I could hunt this property that you got over here off of you know blah blah blah." I saw some some birds in the field the other day. Well, that's that that's the that's the guy who you go to and you're like, man, I I know you've got you know you own 200 acres here and I'd like to be able to hunt it. He's like, well, um, uh, I I got Jim Bob over there. He's already hunting it, so you know I can't let you hunt it too. He's like, oh, it's no problem. And then you send that guy a Christmas card. Yeah. Because the first time Jim Bob pisses him off, he's like, you know what? I got a guy on I'm, deck. Yeah, I'm done with you. I got somebody sitting and waiting, yep. sitting in, waiting in the wing. <clears throat> It, build a spreadsheet, and again, yeah. this isn't this isn't rocket science. This isn't like hardcore, like computer tech savvy shit. No, you get yourself, you know, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google spreadsheet, and or I mentioned Word so that if you you're going to send out twenty five letters, you only got to type it once. You put the addresses in, type the letter once, hit print, and knocks it all out. It's it's not that hard, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some lead time to get the people. It's going to take some time to get them all into the computer. And it's going to take some time to send them out and get rejected by the overwhelming majority. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it's, it's, but it's, it, if you're 98 years old, this strategy isn't for you. But if you're between 20 and 50 and you want to go hunt private land, you got plenty of time. And another thing, I- I know I keep adding stuff to this conversation, but just things that have been successful for me in the past. So um, I've had a lot of people that own land, right? Who, who, who's someone that's going to own over a hundred acres? Not many. They got, they must have a little, at least a little bit of money or it's like a property they've had forever. Yeah. Right. Five so what's, what's the first thing that they're going to ask you? Oh, well I can't have you out here, man. That's a liability. That's what they're going to say, because you know why? I got millions of dollars in my bank account. If you go out there and break your leg, I get sued. Right. I'm going to have to pay you. A lot of times when you come ask for, for permission from somebody, if you have it in writing saying that you are liable for yourself on their property and where they can sign. Get insurance. But yeah. that's, no, I'm, that's A what I'm hold saying. harmless agreement and hunter's insurance is cheap. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You're... 
I mean, ninety nine percent of the time you got insurance already. But I'm saying, no, I mean, you you can get you can insure because oh, if you property. lease through like timber, if you lease to the timber company, they automatically have hunter's insurance on you, and you pay yeah. for that. It's part of what you pay per acre. So, but that's going to cover uh, that's the insurance for that person in case you do get hurt. Then the insurance pays out. Yeah, but I'm talking about like when you roll up to someone's like some someone's property that they own, right? You know, if you you establish that rapport with them and say, hey, listen, I know how this works. I've done it in the past. I know that it's a liability for me to be on your property, but I will I will sign this document saying that you are not liable for me while I'm out here, and it has my signature and your signature on it. It's an agreement. A lot of yeah. people will literally look at you square in your face and go, "You came prepared." That's what yeah. that's. And what does that say? That comes back to the character yeah. thing. I've never done this, but I suppose it works. I've done it before. Along the same lines is you can also and bring your bring your employer benefits package. Look, sir, I hope if you've got this. I have health insurance. I have long-term disability insurance. I have life insurance to take care of my family. Here's the insurance to indemnify you literally in a liability situation, and here's a hold harmless. And now you've demonstrated, I've said I can't sue you. I'm showing you that I have the means to take care of my So I don't, my family's going to be fine, so they won't have the reason to sue you. And by yeah. the way, here's insurance just in case those aren't enough. Right. I just, I just know a lot, of, a lot of guys... Especially when you're you're talking to someone that has like you know a significant piece of property, they probably have significant amount of assets in their in in their possession, right? Whether it's that property or whatever. But I don't know about hundred acres in Florida these days. You're balling, you know. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it might be a couple million dollars or a million dollars, you know, for just a hundred acres. I mean, depending on where it's at. So when you when you come pre- that prepared to that guy's front door or. Like you said, you set up a coffee meeting where you're buying him a cup of coffee and you have paperwork with you. Don't get me wrong. It could be the opposite. You could find someone that's super, super old school and is like, oh, he's trying to one up on me. Some, something's not right. You know what I mean? You but, can't do that, man. You're going to, you're erring the side of being prepared. Yeah. You have a little resume. Though. You come prepared and, and like, yeah, exactly. It's basically the same thing. Like I said earlier, it's like, it's like a job. I mean, right. you're trying to sell yourself to this person in order for them to trust you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be some ode to hunting either. It's no. like, here's it's our graduated great. high school. If, I'm, if you're married, are you single? Just say, I'm a single fella, but I'm dating so-and-so. I'm married. I got two kids. I coach baseball. Or if you don't, I, here's where I go to church. Or, yeah. you know, uh, you could even, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard. Put down some referral sources. Hell, if you listen to this podcast, you can use me if I've at least had coffee with you. Yeah, don't, right? don't call like, my phone. Yeah, I'll be like, man, how much property you got? Where, yeah, where even is better. <laughs> Have them <laughs> call me. Yeah, yeah. You know, y'all need my number. Yeah, but now I, I think it's that's, that's a good topic. It's it's one of those topics you don't hear about a whole lot because it's like I don't know. You don't people don't want to talk about it because it's like if there's more people finding the property, there's less for you to hunt. Right. But I like talking about it. I think it's I think it's a fun topic to talk about. Hey, you got to try, man. That's all it boils down to. And if you and if you're really really if you're not a people's person, man, go. Put in the quotas. I mean, you still have an opportunity to go hunt. Right. So well, that that's, kind of that's comes the back to it. it. We talked earlier, we're, we're hunters. And the way you became hunters is you said, I'm going to figure it out. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidebar a little bit. There's all this chat about mentorship. And I've mentored a few people. And it's kind of interesting. And, and I, I'm, I fully admit I may be not the ideal mentor because I was very much a self-starter. I've had folks that have wanted to get into hunting. 
you give them a, here's where you can go get some inexpensive gear. You can borrow my stuff, but here's where you get your stuff. And we're going to go out. Here's the quota process. We're going to go small game hunting. And there's some folks, man, they go with you once or twice. And it's like all of a sudden they just pick it up and run. That's to me the ideal. Then there's other folks that almost expect like for six months, you're going to be their guide. No matter where you go, they want to, they want you to, and I, I, and that's no fun for the mentor either. I mean, it's nice to have companionship, but if you're not, if the only time you're going hunting is when I'm available to go with you, that that's, you're not learning. You're just, I'm doing that kind of mentorship for my child. That's different. Yeah. No, that, but that's what I'm saying. That's the only kind of, that's the only time I'm slinging. It's, I'll be honest with you. Like it, you, you give, if I give you two or three hunts of, of my undivided attention, trying to help you to, to the extent that I possibly, the, the, the best of my ability. And then it's like, well, I can't go hunt if you're not going to go. It, uh, yeah, you can. Cause I've taught you as much as I, I can at this point. So it's like, I can't hold your hand forever. It's all, it's, it's the same concept. I've tried to tell people this forever. You take a kid hunting, right? They're either going to love it right off the rip or they're going to be like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to go. And it's like, it's the same concept. Even as an adult, you're still going to either, like you said, make it happen or you're not. Right. So I I can't, I can't justify like five to six hunts with with one person. I can't do it. I'd be happy to use half a dozen, but this, it depends on what you're doing too, I guess. But, I, I'm yeah. just like, man, you only get so many hunts a year. You only get so many hunts in your whole life. I, I do want to help you so that you can have a lifetime of memories and you can like uh, teach your children and whatever you want to do if that's what you're you know shooting towards. But it's also like you said, you have to want it as bad as I want to teach you. But, but if you don't and you're just kind of like, oh, God, got to come out here again because I told him I was going to come. That's what I get scared of, like trying to show somebody that right. I don't even want to be here. Hey, if I take you on my quota permit to help you learn how to hunt and you draw quotas next year and I don't get a phone call, <laughs> we're yeah. we going to square up in the parking lot, son. Let's go to uh, meet you at the Waffle House, all right? It's going down. I, I wasn't even talking <laughs> about that. Was that Cold that Fort song? Yeah. <laughs> that Cold Fort song. Meet me at the <laughs> I was talking more or less like you guys were talking about like moorhen hunts and yeah. you know duck hunts and stuff like that where you can kind of just like toss an extra guy in the boat or whatever. So you can I, do that. I, I'll name a guy that was absolutely perfect that I don't want to say I, but we may put a little wind beneath his wings. Al. Yeah. Al Salon. Well, Al and Keith. I think Keith was already doing it. But yeah. Let's say, but yeah, but they've right? teamed up now oh, together. No, Keith, Keith's at everything. Exactly. Yeah. I, so is Al, but he's always yeah. messaged me. You're going to be at this next event. I'm like, man, I'm going to try to get there. Keith, well, Keith's always, another one. Keith, Keith almost died. He was such an animal, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, he said he wants to go kill ducks. He's out there in the kayak paddling his ass around looking for ducks. And that's a long, that's a, that's a physical way to do it, right? Yeah, right. But that's the beginning. We took the first hunting trip I ever went on was to shoot moorhens on Briar's boat. And we knocked a few down, right? He came out and shot some ducks with us too. But I see he's gone out with Keith. He's going on on his own. He went up to Illinois with some friends and he was finding a hunting property while he was up there. I don't know if he got out or not, but he was trying. And it's like, there you go. But again, the knock to give him another compliment. We noticed Al, because I, I still compliment in this way, Al only shows up for the hard stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
Yeah, that's but that that's how to do it, man. You don't. We're still learning, and we've been hunting forever, right? So 100%. the idea of like I'm not going to go out until I know it all. You can't. You can't have that. You can't have that mindset. The can't. woods are that way. <laughs> Take a compass. And I'll be. I'll be the first to tell you when I when I walk out on public land this year for the first time. Guess what? I go back to day one. Yeah, I go back. It's, to it's a different ballgame. So that that's what I'm saying. I still have. I still have a lot of information. I still know what I'm looking for. I still know a lot of things. But so that's what I'm saying. I did it almost backwards. Right, a lot of people start on public land. They hike this, never see a deer for two years, three years, whatever. I, I'm I'm trying to do it backwards because I I really do wish I would have got involved in public land earlier as a Florida hunter, but I didn't need to. Dude, so, I, I really didn't start hardcore hunting public land until I was twenty twenty one, twenty two. My first experience ever hunting public land. What and. I say public land, but it's private land, public access. Yeah. So it's that it's the same land I was telling you guys about right. earlier. You have a permit, you can hunt it. So there could be two guys on that property. There could be forty. You don't know, you don't know until you get out there. So I did all the scouting, all of this, all of that. I passed a lot of deer because I had guys in my ear going, "Man, you know, West Virginia guys. Oh man, don't shoot the first buck you see. You know, right? You, you, we, we want to grow the deer." me being naive you know i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna let it get i'm at least i won't shoot nothing three and a half or younger that was like my thing i don't know why i thought that was such a big deal i passed so many just like rack eight points like decent bucks you know that were probably 190 pounds because it's west virginia you shoot a mature buck up there they're 250 right but i passed so many and it got to the point where i was like man I should have killed so many more deer. I, I, I was going to say, some of those deer went up over the ridge and got shanked on the other side, man. That's why you know. <laughs> I heard them crash in the bottom. Yeah. But it, I don't know. It's the same concept as like now with that property we have in Georgia. My dad's always like, man, if the neighbor wasn't going to kill him, I'm like, dad, but if we kill him, the neighbor. That was, that was the one thing that kept me. You can't do it, man. Like, that you, kept me on Fort Campbell from killing a lot of the deer, that I, a lot of the bucks that I saw because I only had one buck tag. I had one buck tag, but I can kill as many does as I want. That's what a one buck state will do to you. Yeah. That's why it's a one buck. Look at Ohio. <laughs> no. Ohio kill. I mean, they kill giants every freaking Kentucky's year. a one buck state. Yep, Kentucky. Yeah. What else is a one buck state? I think New York is a one. Or maybe they're two, but. It's either a, one or uh, two New York state. is a earn a buck. I know that. So you got to shoot a doe in order to have a buck tag, period. Oh, man. And, you know, when I, because I, I spent my first 16 years up there when I was a kid, I remember when, when they went to like multiple doe days there was dudes driving their pickup trucks yeah. up and down the road <laughs> like like it was a parade right the like happiest day ah! ever and now it's a earn a buck state so that's 30 40 years west virginia is when, also a uh earn a buck state so like, when oh dude when fort campbell did that that year i never scouted so hard to fucking figure out where a doe was a in my life yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what a success story that's though. a that's a big bed but not a really big bed that might yeah. be a doe bed <laughs> Well, I had to change the way I scouted because I'm, you know, what you're used to looking for. And every single year that that earn a buck was in place, I think it was in place for two years. Uh, I killed a doe opening weekend of deer season. That was the same way I was in West Virginia. So I would go in with the the intent to the first mature doe I saw was was going to get shot. Yeah, I still wasn't shooting. Then I had two buck tags because I I got an in state license. 
because I was a resident. Right. Because I went to school and to college for was it, eight months or whatever out of the year. So I would get it in state. So you would get, I want to say it was three does and two bucks, but the second buck was earn a buck. So you could shoot three does. You could shoot three does first morning. If you, I mean, if you had the opportunity, right? So then you got two buck tags last rest of the year. But that was when I first got into filming. I first got, so I, th- I thought, man, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. If y'all, y'all met the 21 year old hunter, you'd be like, this guy is a clown. <laughs> because I would walk in the woods. I have little do you know what we Matthews, think now. Yeah, he's a super clown now. But I, I would walk in the woods. I got my Matthews bow. I got my face paint on. You know, <laughs> my my matching camo that I bought from my buddy for like five hundred dollars. <laughs> Thought I was like this, you know, this baller. And I remember sophomore year going, I could sell this camouflage and buy a new bow. <laughs> Literally, and I. And I I literally sold the camouflage to my dad. It was too big for me anyways. I don't know why I even bought it. But got a new bow. Shot a lot more deer that year. But it's funny how just over time, you just, I mean, you, you grow. You progress as a person, as a hunter, as a yeah. individual. It's pretty crazy to think about. My first video on my YouTube channel was nine years ago. I remember when they when they started that earn a buck program on base. and The, like, the regulations obviously come out before deer season. Yeah. I was like, hmm. All right, I'm taking the entire first week of deer season off. Yeah, let them go out there and do their thing. And yeah, because I I said I'm not about to have to like try and hunt a doe because I'd had the season before that I didn't kill a doe until I didn't kill a deer until mid November. It started in September. I mean, I hadn't hardly seen a dang thing. I was I'm like, not. I'm not going to have this happen to me and see that monster and be like, well, can't shoot him because I haven't shot a doe. Yeah, I don't blame you on that either. I, I'm I'm not real like super keen on shooting does. I, oh, I'll, I'll shoot, shoot one dude. a year. Nope. But one yearling every year for veal. <laughs> Gotta have it. Hey, I know. I, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. Last year, that that video on my channel, uh, when I shot that doe. So I don't know who it was. Someone sent me a uh, like a, a screen recording of the video. It was like, did you notice the fawn behind her? <laughs> I had no idea. She was like in this, the thickest, nasty, you can ask Jordan, that stuff is nasty thick. In yeah, there. it is. So what happened was, I guess, is like the doe came in and she stopped and turned away from me. So I didn't have to bet or nothing. So yeah. I just drew my bow. She was looking straight away. She punched out the top of her heart, double lung, she ran 30 yards and fell over. I still, to this day, I, if you ask me, I could probably pass a lie detector test. I never saw that yearling with her, ever. That's I had no funny. idea. So, uh, some, someone, anyway, someone was like, did you shoot a doe with a yearling? And I'm like, Pfft. So, oh. to dispel some, it, it, that doesn't really matter. Deer will actually adopt yes. uh, fawns. Every time I saw the neck, the doe, the, yeah. the rest of the hunting season, she had two fawns with her. Yeah, they'll adopt fawns. It, it's not like you're you're killing both of them. Generally, yeah. by the time season starts, uh, your fawns are more than old enough to take care of themselves. Yeah. I mean, they really take care of themselves from the start. Like when you see an abandoned, this fawn was abandoned by its no, mother. No, such no thing. the doe spends 90% of the time away from the fawn. Dude, I'll give you a story. I shot uh, a, I shot a doe and... You know, he was out there feeding, feeding, feeding. It was coming down the last light. I shot a doe. And then right after I shoot the doe, all of a sudden, prance, prance, out comes 
the littlest. It didn't. Well, if you looked real closely, it still had faded spot. Oh, to give you an idea, it. can't count it. To give you how I, I put, I dropped it too. But to give oh you an idea, my God. <laughs> to give you an idea of how small I shoot one every year, right? How small this fawn was. I I cleaned it, skinned it, you know, whatever. Broke it down, and I packed it out. And one of those, like, where the, where the, where the whole top of the cooler comes up? No. Six-pack cooler. <laughs> when it was all said and done. Dude, Jesus. That was that is, delicious. Uh, that is next level delicious. <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> so Goodness. I mean, so I know the, that's really veal, but God. Man, with yeah. the pigs. So so the pigs, when you're talking about, like, the, the biddies earlier. Yeah. I I shot one. Way back when, and it was not on purpose. It was, I mean, you ain't got pop- on purpose. Everything you're eating in the grocery store is eight weeks old. Oh yeah, I so don't, I don't give a damn what but, somebody's got to so, say. So, so I was, I was hunting. I, sh- I shot a big sow, right, and it shot through her and like hit, you know, hit like a couple little ones behind her. And three oh eight, it just blew right through her and hit and hit two little ones behind her, and they were, you know, squealing and whatever. So I went down there and just. Put them out of their misery. There ain't no reason for them to be flopping around or whatever. So, anyways, we get to that point, and I get down, and my dad goes, "How many did you kill?" I shot. I, I end up shooting like four or five times, but I shot two more bigger hogs after that. And uh, my dad's like, "How many did you end up killing?" I'm like, "Well, I think I got four and a half." <laughs> I'm like, and there's two halves. <laughs> oh, he cut one open. Oh, dude, they were so small. Like, like I could hold both hogs with my four fingers. Like, Good hold Lord. both of them like that. And uh, them's fresh. I had I had to literally use a ratchet strap through the tendons on the back of their legs to stretch them out to skin them. <laughs> <laughs> they were so little. And I'm like, man, I really didn't want to do that, but you know, death's a death. When we eat him, you know, it's whatever. So, but yeah, probably probably the most delicious meat ever. All of them, wild pork, they're all nasty. Even they're covered in mud, and you know, and people have never killed a hog before in the first one because the hair is all wiry. Yeah, right, and they they Thick. got the stank to them. Thick. Ugh. Yeah, and you know, and, and getting to hide off them is a pain, right? And because they're you got to hose them down first because always dirty. But then, like I said, once you get past all that, get it off the bone, cut them chops out of there. That looks just like what they got this in the cellophane. You, 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 yeah. you get the skin, you get Little, the skin knocked off them. Yep. You, it, where we're hunting at in Georgia, you can't tell the difference. Nope. And, and if anything, it tastes cleaner. I, yeah. I, I, I've never understood that that like uh, context. Saying like, oh man, that that tastes clean. I don't know, man. There ain't no bacon on them, that's for sure. But but I'm saying like, like when I eat uh, deer hamburger, I, I can 100. And t- if you if you put a plate of spaghetti with beef, and a plate of spaghetti with deer hamburger, I can 100 percent tell you the difference. Oh, me oh, too. Because yeah. the deer well, seems listen, tasteless this, compared this to beef. This is what's funny. This is what's funny. I don't funny care. Is, I love uh, it. Uh, my mother-in-law has told my wife multiple times. She's like, she says my my mother-in-law claims she does not like venison. Just there doesn't like it. Ghost Rider. Um, but she also says, she's told my wife multiple times, I just, she's like, I I don't know why your meatballs taste so much better than mine do. 
It's right here in your yep. brain. And I'm in like, I know why her meatballs taste better than yours do because she's not using beef from you the sword. You said I made those meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> it's venison. That's that's the different that's the one different ingredient is venison. I'm telling you, I, I'll go to somebody's house. Don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a I ate ribeye steak for dinner tonight. I really I mean I, I eat I eat just as much beef as anybody, but ground beef, I I genuinely don't like it. I'll eat it like at a hamburger or something if someone else is making it. But at my house, I don't eat any hardly any ground beef. If Mac, if if my wife buys ground beef, I feel betrayed. I'm like, what yeah. in the world? I'm like, why are you buying this? We have fifty pounds of hamburger in the in the freezer. Right. <laughs> you know, like I I. It even has sweat in it for me, from from mixing it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, it's funny now. So when we first got together, she was kind of like hesitant on it. Like ah, uh, like you said, it doesn't have as much flavor. But but back then we were young kids. I was probably not cooking it right. Honestly, it was you know whatever. Now I come home. There's two packs of hamburger in the sink. I'm like yes. That's that. That's that's why I married her. Okay, like she's out here. She's eating just as much deer meat as me. She, she supports my trips to Georgia all the time. Well, gentlemen, we're at almost two hours. You guys Are got any? really? Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. You guys want to close it out? You have some closing thoughts? Yeah. If you want your wife to eat more of your venison burger, mix a little bacon in there. Yeah. Mm. Make meatballs. Yeah, I mean, I don't make meatballs. With the, the my wife has been on board eating venison since day one. She didn't care. But mm. cooking with it, it, it don't matter. If I bring it home, and as long as she didn't have to skin it, she'll cook it. She didn't care. That's awesome. Yeah. That's how you knew. That's how you knew. Jim? I just told you about Jordan? Bacon. Man, I'm going to say watch out for redraws. We've talked a little bit about public land. If you didn't get anything awarded to you, Hunter's got one. Watch out for redraws. Every Saturday, put in for your redraws. I'm not going to tell you where to put in. Yep. Put in. Saturday to Tuesday. Where do I start? We always do this. We just rant. We just we just ramble sometimes. But well, I can tell you, when we talked about it earlier. It's the land permission. If 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 it's a one in ten, if you're looking at a statistic of a one in every ten people is going to say yes, when you get to eleven and everybody said no. Don't stop because one in 10 can mean the 10 come in a row out of a hundred people. Yep. The last 10 people you ask say yes. So just cause it's a one in 10 uh, statistic doesn't mean one in every 10 people you ask is going to say yes. I will. Uh, you may have to go to a thousand before you get a hundred in a row, but you know, it, if you get a hundred in a row, man, you, you, Get but my, you, get you you're getting number. my yeah. <laughs> get my phone number, me and you. Yeah, if you get a, if you get a hundred in a row, you need to start selling those and, and, and change. You that's your occupation. And go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> but um, my my thought is the same thing that I've probably been saying for a while now. Take a kid hunting with you, whether they're hunting or you're hunting or wherever you're at. Take them with you because my dad did it to me, and it created a literal obsession. Yeah. I, I wake up every single day. I don't think about what I have to do at work. I think about the trail camera pictures that are on my phone right now that I need to check when this podcast is over. Like that's, I mean, it's just created. This. Let's go ahead and shut this off. I want to see them trail cam pictures. It's got to that point. I swear. <laughs> see ya.
<laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Audios.